Are you over your sickness? Uh, yeah, kinda. I still have some, like, weird funky sinus stuff going on. And I probably uh, should, like, uh-oh. do a telemedicine thing with my doctor to get some, uh... Yeah. What do you call it? Moxicillin? What is that called? Anab- Antibiotic. Antibiotics. Yeah. I should, pr- yeah. I should probably do that, but, like, I'm lazy, and it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You'll so get over I'm it. Just, yeah, I'm just... You'll rebound. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I got this nice drink right here. Oh, what is that? Drinking I, on. I thought it was water. Is it gin? It's a vodka tonic, baby. Oh, wow. And you know nice. why? You know why I got that? Why? Because it's the New Year's. It is the New Year. And this is like my favorite episode that we do, honestly, so I wanted to celebrate with a drink. Yeah, uh, this is. it is always fun. This is, uh, this is at the very beginning of 2022, which is wild. Time marches ever onward until we are in the grave. And uh, we're here to celebrate the video games of 2021. And some other video games, too, that weren't released in 2021. We're just here to celebrate games, the ones we played this year. That's true. The The ones we pay, played last year. Yeah, yeah. But right. uh, this is the With Punish Games cast. I'm Nick, joined by AJ Suave. I forgot to introduce us on last episode, which was funny i don't think i've made that mistake in um years <laughs> so that's all right yeah uh we only do this every once in a while so i kind of forget how to how to run through it but um hopefully everybody survived the holidays and didn't pick up omicron and uh there's a lot to go through i think here i had some couple last minute additions to my list right at the I got end a, of the year i got a couple questions okay do you want to include like i played a couple games in between now and last episode do you want to kick the episode off with a couple of those things we can run through real quick or do you think uh the whole we, uh we can because i don't think it'll probably take too long for the list and i haven't really played much myself anyway yeah so um so i got, I got some things i got i got a couple questions for you okay uh, so, you know, I've been doing the, the goatee content, uh, yeah. throughout the games industry, just listening to like what people liked, what people like to play and you know, what I missed, stuff like that. And, uh, I went back and listened to last year's with punish episode. Okay. And I was wondering if there's anything, uh, from last year's episode, like last year's game of the year talk that you're still playing. Oh geez, I have to look. Um, um, off the top of my head, I don't think so. So we did talk about Overwatch on there, which we played Overwatch more mm. earlier in 2021. We talked about Warzone, which I haven't touched in twenty twenty one at all. I have, I have touched Warzone a little bit, not much. Hmm, but the I'm rest of the games through. on my list. I ha- I have not picked up again in 2021. I, th- I think I technically played Doom Eternal's DLC this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I've been playing Factorio again, which Factorio was, I th- believe, yep, pretty it was high on, your on list. my list. It was it definitely was on, on my list, and I think it was high, too. Let's see here. Uh, oh, I finished Cyberpunk. <laughs> Just looking yeah, at my list, yeah. but that wasn't on my game of the year thing. But no, did, but we kicked I off the episode. It. We kicked off the episode with a big cyberpunk chat because we had both <laughs> just started playing it. So we spent like thirty minutes on cyberpunk. Yeah, I did finish that in twenty twenty one. Is it on your list? No. Spoiler. 
Yeah, no, it is not. That game like is... A... I wish I liked that game more than I do. I think I've uh, said that every time. So I got one more question for you before we kick it off. If okay. you could only play games for the rest of your life <laughs> from from one developer, who would that developer be? Oh, hmm. I think it's an easy answer probably for you, but I'm just yeah, curious. I guess it, I guess it would have to be from software. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. But but I don't like know. you could do some you could do some other th- if you thought about it. There could be some other devs like if you wanted a, more variety than like mine. Yeah, like does my Nintendo answer- count? <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't think about Nintendo. Yeah. I would say if we're going to count Nintendo, it has to be like only I don't know how their studios work. I yeah, because like they have plenty of different teams that are technically only nintendo teams so like does it cut do all of those count (laughs) yeah yeah that's a tough one because i would pick capcom that was the what i would was thinking i would choose Mm. because it like has most of my favorite franchises and uh but that's like technically different teams kind of too you know yeah yeah so i don't know it just depends on how big the studio is i guess yeah if you picked from you'd get like one game a year yeah, and also like they at least are willing to experiment a little bit. Um which is good, like which I think it would stay fresh potentially, maybe not. Maybe finally the Souls thing would run its course and it wouldn't be interesting anymore. I don't know, you say Souls is endlessly replayable with the, it is the endlessly amount of replayable. character builds you could do and stuff like that. Yeah. That's how you'd really put it to the test. You'd put yeah. that theory to the test. I don't know. Just a, it's just some food for thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I think I'd stick with that. Yeah, it's a safe answer. It is a safe answer. <laughs> um. So just to kick off with a couple of the games that we've played in the last couple weeks, uh, between last episode and this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I got one game that I played with you, and I oh we haven't, we haven't really talked about it. Yeah, I wasn't. I honestly didn't even think about bringing that up. That's okay. how I feel about that game. That's awesome. Um, Aliens Fireteam Elite is mm-hmm. the name. Aliens. It's specifically the second movie, not the first. <laughs> it's, it's the second movie, yeah. <laughs> if you want the game for the first movie, you need to play Alien Isolation, which is also fantastic. Sure, yeah. um, okay, so I can't wait for whatever Aliens 3 video game is. Uh, what would that some really weird transforming uh xenomorph uh something like that i don't know is aliens 3 the one fincher did yeah and that, and it's, that it's alien the, it's the one where the alien is born out of a dog so it's uh. like so it's like a little weirder that which those already exist in fire team elite anyway i guess but i think i remember it's swimming in that movie i think uh, probably they swim in resurrection too. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't, I don't know. I've only seen those. I've only seen three in resurrection like a few times because they're not that great. I've seen uh, resurrection so many times. Really? <laughs> that movie is so dumb. It's yeah. so dumb. And I, I have so much fun with it. I think, I think it was written by Joss Whedon. Oh, wow. Yeah. If I remember correctly. 
Um, because I remember like after is this after having. Good? Is the dialogue in it good? Is that? I mean, I think the plot of it is kind of awesome because it's like totally ridiculous. Is it the prison one? Uh, the space y- prison. Y- no, that's three. That's, that's three. three okay. The resurrection is when she, they're trying to clone Sigourney, Ripley, and so there's all these failed clones, and then they finally make a clone of her with an alien alive inside of her, and they and they remove it. And that's how they get another batch of aliens. It's really strange, really strange. But she's I'm like, a, a, I need to go back and watch. But it. She, they need to, they need to. You 4K should, you should rewatch the, that. The the whole series. They gave me the first one. I need the rest of them restored in 4K. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely rewatch Resurrection. It's it's bananas. That movie so fu- is so, so stupid. So Fire Team Elite. You, you, it's forgettable. You say meh. What does it have I that mean, you like? Other, it, I will say that it's crashed and been so buggy so much that it's hard to play even, which is a, that's is true. A shame. Yeah, that, that's not even really been my barrier. Like, I'll play it if you want to play it, but I'm not ever thinking about it or like itching to make progress in it or, you know, it just doesn't. There's nothing that hooked me in that game at all, really. Like, I, I guess to explain, it, it it's a co-op like wave based not really horde mode because you move through a level and are completing objectives but it's so, throwing hordes at you but you are kind of you are like yeah you're kind of like you know turtling up in certain parts of the map and putting down turrets and using stuff and you have classes and they have abilities and you level them up and there's a lot of stuff to it like it's it is there is depth if you want to dig into it for sure I just don't find the combat that interesting. Yeah. There's like, not like a ton of enemy types, so you're no. kind of just mowing them down. Yeah. And uh, the abilities that you would unlock with your classes, at least at the difficulty that we're seen. playing on, are pretty standard. Yeah. It's not like it doesn't get super fantastical or anything. It's like really, it's really militaristic. It's like, oh, I have a grenade or. Yeah, yeah. Here's some, a healing. Some, yeah, here's, here's a healing, healing thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I like I like the score. That's my favorite thing about the game. Actually, <laughs> the music, and I really like. However, uh, anytime you get a headshot an alien, there's uh, on an alien, there's like an audio cue. Yeah. And it like does like a. I don't know what the what the word is. It's like a stinger. Yeah, it's like a the, stinger. It, is that what it is? Like that the. Yeah. The audio is like Din-din-din! like every time you uh yeah and it blends in with the music so it kind of creates this like tense uh yeah it does i mean the music definitely works like it's it's good it, that's a good thing about it for sure and also the gun noises yeah i mean they sound like the guns from aliens what does the gun in aliens sound like <laughs> oh wait i can't do it cuz it has like a <laughs> It ha- it does like a not to put you on the spot. I know you hate that. Well, no, but I but I feel like I could do it in my head, but then when I did it, it doesn't sound right. Like it's hard. I don't know. It's like a whooshing bullet, <laughs> like a whooshing minigun. <laughs> <laughs> it's very distinctive to Alien, the yeah, franchise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff is there. You're you're running through. Like if you're a fan of the movies and the locations that they go to in the movies, those are all 
in the game. And so that's fun. I think my enjoyment with it is limited to my enjoyment of the alien franchise. So if yeah. it didn't have, if it, if it didn't have that uh, coat of paint on it, then right. I yeah, would feel you take that skin away and that game is so standard and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which that, I think that's my, like after the initial, like we did two and a half of the four campaigns because it crashed on us and it crashed. Yeah. crashed in the third one and we didn't go back to it immediately. Like it's, it's like, I've seen what it is. Don't you, you want know? to see if there's a big queen at the end, though? I sort of do, but, like, and I'm not we only totally... Ha- we only have, like, two more campaigns to do. It's probably, like, two hours total of play yeah. time to get to that. I'm not, I'm not like, saying I won't play it again, but it's also, like, why are we playing it again? And it's just to complete it. <laughs> it's not really, like, to have fun with it, I guess. But that's fine. It's on Game Pass. That's how we're playing it. So... Um. Yeah, I mean, I would still play it if you want to play it. If you and Josh want to just blow through it, but it's not something I would want to go back to. Which yeah, is yeah. what which is what those games are supposed to be. Yeah, they want you to level up every class system and stuff. Yeah, they've yeah. talked about the devs have talked about supporting it, and so I'm curious what they have in terms of ideas for what to add to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know. I, I think they I think they seriously need more enemies. Yeah. Like like there's I think I can count off the top of my head, there's like three alien types. Four maybe. Yeah. Four and or five. Then, they could definitely then, get some face huggers in there. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Like there's no eggs anywhere. Like we never saw anything like that. And um The nest has to be the final level. Yeah, it it must be. Yeah, it must be. And then they threw in like the the androids um, that they kind of established in isolation, and uh, I think that's kind of it, right? Like even in the current movies, there hasn't really been a ton of androids. It's just like Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, is, like the only one. <laughs> I think um, that's what makes the current movies interesting, though. Is like it's almost not about the aliens anymore. They have no. this whole. Like I, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, uh, I liked Prometheus a lot. And, yeah, Prometheus. I, Alien Extinction is like I I've, watched. I watched Extinction. It was fine. It was entertaining. I've enjoyed that on rewatches way more than I watched way more than the first time that I watched oh, it too. Okay, like re- digging into the themes and some of the like. It's mostly about expectations, like the way they advertise for that movie. And then, like, what the movie is are, like, kind of different things. So, like, yeah. you know, you kind of have to adjust what what you're expecting it to be. And I had, yeah, I think, I had I think it's zero. Cool. Yeah, I had zero expectations for Extinction. And I think, in a way, it's, like, campy, like, Resurrection is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really kind of silly and sort of just but ultra-violent, I, which is awesome. I think that about Prometheus, too. Yeah, I Prometheus think is like super silly, dude. I've only seen super Prometheus silly. once, and I saw it in theaters, and it was like 3D and stuff. Yeah, and I walked out of that movie like blown away by how they spun a story around everything, and I have like nostalgia for that that I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to ruin that because like the I remember 
seeing that with a group of people and some people being like, what the fuck was that? Well, <laughs> like, that was so bad. And then I'm like, no, it was amazing. <laughs> that movie ha- has so many, it's not interested in answer- answering the questions that it asks Yeah, in that movie. And that's kind of why it's awesome. I think y- Yeah, is because like, if you do try to draw those, those lines, it's like, well, there's like a lot of plot holes in this thing. And I think as a direct answer to the criticisms of that movie, they did kind of answer a lot of the plot holes with Extinction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Extinction kind of ends up being a little wonky is because I don't don't know that we always need, and we've talked about it before, I don't know that we always need... Explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just a quick add to that... uh, because it's not on my game of the year list, but I played it this year, and it's fantastic. Alien Isolation is a game that is available probably in a million different places for less than $10, whether it's Game Pass or Steam Sale, or I'm yeah, sure it's on it was sale a, all the time at this point. It was a PS Plus game at some point. That game is is sick. If you're a fan of the franchise, that's the one to, uh, to check out. Fans of the series will <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Also, uh, they added DLC to it that you literally just play the first movie. Oh. Like, they have the entire cast sitting around the table post... Oh, yeah, I remember that. Post... Yeah. Um, That's right. After the alien comes out of the guy's chest for the first time, and you yeah. can pick your character from the movie, like including Ripley or the engineers or like whatever they are. Huh. Everyone in the movie, and then you just go try to hunt the one alien that's that's alive in the ship. So that's kind of neat. If you want to walk around the Nostromo and the actual set of the movie. Yeah, that um, is neat. Yeah. It's one of the DLCs that they added. So that's cool. Um, I have a quick, cause I only have one game to bring up and the, the segue there is music. I didn't know what to do with myself the other night. Like I wanted to start something new, but didn't have anything really jumping out at me and I uh, was going through game pass and the gunk came out like at the end of 2021, which is from the steam world devs. Uh, We've talked a couple times over the years about liking me personally talking about liking the steam world games and how different they are and how like they've, they've really gone crazy with that uh, franchise, I guess. I still want to play the deck building game, Hand of Gilgamesh. I didn't get around to that yet. It's a cool name for a game. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But their their new game is called The Gunk, and it's a third person. Not even it's like kind of a platformer, but not really. And you are just you're on this alien planet that's totally fucked up by literally the gunk. It's this like really gross bulbous purple and red disease on this planet and for some reason yeah it's corruption and for some reason your character has a mechanical arm that can suck it up virtually no explanation of that at all perfect that's what i (laughs) like don't give me the explanation because it's it's, worse than the explanation for it is worse than the mystery that's why i don't need it it's really funny it's just like yeah i have this arm and they talk about how she lost her arm and they replaced it with this mechanical arm and it can just suck up the gunk and who knows where the gunk goes because you suck up so much of it 
I don't she understand what's happening. She converts it into biofuel to, uh, well, to power her, her arm. It's funny you say that because you're collecting a bunch of other things with your sucking up arm that you do use for upgrades and stuff. Your so you, arm vacuum? Yes, yes. So you are specifically c- picking up certain objects, not the gun. I don't know, dude. This sounds so. like the best game of 2021. I mean, okay, so... An like, arm vacuum? The reason, yeah. Where you suck up boogers? It is fun. I'm actually enjoying that the, very the basic The vacuum thing. in uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 is still a mechanic that I that yeah. works very well. In yeah. my opinion, at least. Yeah, I still didn't start that yet. I've been meaning to. But um but yeah, like you that's basically all you're doing in the game is is traversing this planet and, and cleaning vacuuming. cleaning up the gunk with your arm vacuum. And it's your arm um, sucker. The reason I said music was the segue was because I think the music is like super at odds with that game. Oh yeah. It's like it's definitely a game about um, environmentalism and you know industrialization and stuff. Like it, I'm, it's like so obviously about that. Yeah. And um, like the gunk is a byproduct of over industrialization. Yeah. And of capitalism, something. the bad guy of the last couple years. Yeah, and it's and it's you know it clogged up this planet and like killed it off and stuff. And so by you cleaning up the planet, like literally new life is coming back in bloom. It's all fungus, which is kind of cool. That's like a cool, very specific one aesthetic, I guess. It's not really plants; it's all funguses, and um, so like. You're doing that, and the music is way too serious. It's like really serious string, like symphony music, like orchestral music, and it's like it's like you're watching. Um, I'm trying to think of what an example would be. Is Some it, is it big and loud orchestral music? Or yeah, is it's it like, like very dominant. Uh, yeah, or is it like? mood piece uh strings like uh i mean it's just mm. always playing it's always playing i wouldn't even really call it ambient music it's like kind of at the forefront of the audio and yeah. um and it's kind of just like it 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 makes a game that doesn't take itself very seriously because of how the characters talk to each other and it's it look serious and like literally what you're doing you are sucking up giant bul- like bulbous corrupted gelatin and it's like playing this super serious like this is like what you would hear in an infomercial from the EPA about oil spills in the Pacific like killing all the ducks and stuff or it's it's like really like when weird it's showing the ducks dying in the, yeah, the water it's, as it's it is. super weird it like totally takes me out of like the it wants you to care about this planet that you're that you're uh, yeah i mean up. i guess i mean environmentalism <laughs> is a big deal dude there it, let's not poke fun it is i mean i'm not making fun of that at all i would i'm totally on that side it's just like it's it's just from a developer that has made all games very silly very silly games that are written well with their jokes. This one I wouldn't say is very funny, but it's definitely not taking itself serious. And then you have this soundtrack that like doesn't is work with it at all. Yeah, it's it's really strange. It's like the one thing I have to say about that game because otherwise it's pretty like whatever. <laughs> um, it's you like think you'll finish it. I mean, I'm 
I kind of want to because, like, I do like sucking up the gunk. Yeah, it's like, not super long. I, I and saw it's either. not supposed to be very long. It's it's pretty easy. I'm I'm a little curious to see where they go with the the world, like what they've established as the this alien planet. Um, visually, what's, I have seen, I think, virtually everything it does with the fungus <laughs> already. What's the name of the alien planet? I don't think it has one. If they said it, I don't remember hearing it. Uh, that I, they were just drawn to it for some. They're looking for energy. They're like two mercenaries just getting by in space, looking for odd jobs and stuff. But yeah, uh, sucking up the gunk is good. Like. Like, shooting out all the ink in Splatoon, that super simple, basic thing is what makes Splatoon amazing. The The opposite of that in the gunk is fun. Okay, like, so, you know how if you're sick and you wake up in the morning and you got, like, stuff in your eye? Yeah. It's like gunk in your eye? Uh-huh. Well, there's also... Uh, sometimes you can get that gunk from your eyes being open. I'm trying to make a transition. Here. I got it. I think I get. I think I get where you're going. <laughs> where am I going? Before your eyes. Yeah, I didn't talk about that on last episode, did I? No. Okay, so I played Before Your Eyes, which is a neat, uh, little like two hour um narrative thing. I guess is the way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, it uses your webcam. Basically, as the controller, mm-hmm. uh, so you can, can, can you can kind of move your mouse around and like look at a scene, and there's points on in the scene where if you blink, and your mouse is over that thing, then it'll trigger something or it will change the scene. Excuse me, sorry. And uh, the premise of the game is that yeah, your characters died, and in order to uh, get into the afterlife. You're being ferried uh, by this this boat creature. In order to get into the afterlife, he wants to wow, hear Colin. your life story. Yeah, kinda. He wants to hear your life story so he can present your case to whoever is the gatekeeper of the okay of the afterlife. And so, uh, you get to make kind of narrative decisions through this eye blinking mechanic. Yeah. And you basically watch someone from when they're young till when they die. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get like a little story with that. And I think it's neat. Um, yeah. Controlling the game with your eyes is this weirdly immersive thing that I would compare to VR, but isn't quite VR. Yeah. Like it just immediately feels different. And it feels like, whoa, this could be something extremely special. Yeah, like incorporated into other games down the road, yeah. Yeah, or just just as a mechanic, I think it's interesting. Yeah. And um, the it's funny because the scenes start playing out and you, you were like literally holding your eyes open. Or I <laughs> was holding my eyes everything. open. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the game is like built so that if you do blink fast mm-hmm. uh and you do miss things mm-hmm. that it accommodates for that, which I think is really neat. 
and it almost might enhance like your experience of the game a little bit more. Yeah, I think you're you're supposed to probably miss stuff. That's the whole point. Well, it doesn't like it doesn't always track your eyes. Like it's not going to change the scene every time you blink. Like it'll play a certain amount of the scene and then a, a little symbol will go on the screen to inform you that okay, now if you blink now, it's going to go away. <laughs> Don't blink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do get to see a little bit of it and like when you're sitting there, I would say it's like meant to be done in one sitting. Oh yeah, probably. So when you're sitting there for like an hour and you've been doing this for an hour, like it does kind of start to get like, yeah, dang, I like my eyes are dry and I need the, I need to blink. And, and so there's like an interesting mechanic. I don't know what they even call it there with like, I need to see this, but I have to blink, but my eyes are dry and they're watering. And Mm -hmm. if I look away, then that registers as a blink because, (laughs) because just it's tracking your pupils. And yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a neat thing. And I was expecting, uh, the story or narrative to try and, tug at my heartstrings a little bit so i was like kind of had this wall up of like it's not gonna get me and it totally totally got me i'm sure yeah that's what i figured it was really good and uh i would encourage anyone who has the slightest interest in that to check it out uh it's not super expensive yeah and it is a cool thing for video games for sure yeah uh so yeah i'm still a little curious about it maybe someday that's called before your eyes and uh, I, I know, like, MinMax is a uh, games media team that I know that some of the people on, on that show were pretty high on it. But Yeah, I heard a lot about that game last uh, year. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I Like, it's it's not on my list or anything. Uh, it's not... It's hard to call it a video game, I think, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I mean that has it, that has more interaction than something like the Artful Escape, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just it's a it's a narrative thing. Yeah. Call it what you want. I'm not interested in an argument about semantics of what is and what isn't a game. If you want it on your list, put it on your list. It's I just, a blinking simulator. Yeah, it's it's a life simulator that's controlled by your blinks, <laughs> which is bizarre as it sounds. It yeah. works. Yeah. Uh, the other game I played totally deserves a spot on my list. I just had already made the list before I finished the game. And so I'm like, nope, I'm set in stone. It's not going on my list now. And oops. I think that I think that it probably would beat out a couple games on my list. And next year, it probably won't make next year's list because it's in this weird in between time of. This yeah. year and last year, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I finished Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. And uh, that game is sick. Uh, yeah. It's funny because it looks I feel good. like I feel like when they previewed that game, I don't know if it was at uh, E3 or I feel like it just got announced like a month or so before it actually came out, and it it was. They pre- they showed it at one of the a big games. I don't know if it was like Game Awards or E3, something where it was like a bunch of g- trailers in a row. Yeah, yeah. And I think the general reaction to was that, to it was like kind of eye rolling. I thought like, it looked oh, bad. 
another Marvel game yeah. because of the stink that Marvel's Avengers kind of uh, yeah. everyone had with that game. And it's funny to me because it is absolutely 100% another Marvel's Avengers game. Mm-hmm. Like, it is very much in the same vein of that game. Uh, except for people like this one and they didn't like the last one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the icky way that Marvel's Avengers uh, ran its store and designed a lot of the grindy parts of that game yeah. to be basically destiny in, in a Marvel's game where they are encouraging you to pay for skins and all that stuff. Whereas Guardians of the Galaxy is just just a narrative uh, game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but combat is very similar between the two games. And if Marvel's Avengers had spent the time that they spent designing dumb open world levels with which you could go grind in and instead put all their focus on the story like Guardians did, then I think we would have had two very comparable experiences. Hmm. Um, Guardians is an excellent narrative uh, game. I think it w- it won Best Narrative at the Game Awards. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. I think it won Best Story. Uh, and it absolutely deserves that. Yeah. It, it, Marvel's, uh, I don't know how much you know about the comics, but they're, they're like space universe lore is super wacky. Mm-hmm. Like they have, and and the movies, which is probably most people's only touching point with this, with uh, Marvel's space stuff, they don't really touch on that as much. I mean, I think the Guardians movies do have that tone, yeah, a lot, but they don't really dig into like different factions and like planets and the way different races from these planets are interacting. And we're starting to see more and more of that now, like post-Endgame Marvel stuff. But this this game embraces that like full tilt. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't a Marvel thing, I think the sci-fi world is so cool and interesting. There's like... Yeah, I like the Guardians movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but it's just... It's just... It's cool sci-fi. And, and you know, there's there's... Weird aliens, you fight like literal cubes of jello, and you that, and isn't that a com- is that a common one that you fight, <laughs> or is it only like on one planet? It's on one planet. There's different okay. enemies pretty much on every planet. Okay. Um, and and like the thing that makes a story so good, besides it being uh really neat sci-fi, is that they really really like plumb the depths of these characters mm-hmm. and the guardians are cool and interesting and you root for them as a hero team because they all have this intense like trauma that really really scarred them like mm-hmm. for whatever it is they all have different reasons um and that's why they kind of like form this like misfit families because they kind of bond over that 
you know, yeah. messed up history that they have. And this game like nails that. And you play as Star-Lord who also has his own, you know, mental problems that he's dealing with. And the crew is constantly like fighting and bickering with each other. And you get to they get the game gives you dialogue choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can like side with one member of the crew or like they'll, they'll be arguing over, you know, doing this or that. And you, you get to choose like which, you know, who you want to side with or which way you want to go. And those things have significant impact on both the dialogue and like what happens in the game. Yeah. That's what there's, I was going to ask. Like, does those choices actually matter? Yeah. There's whole sections of the game that like you might not have to do. Oh. Or that change because you decided to not pay a fine instead of pay the fine. And hmm. it'll always like, it'll prompt you to make the decision. And then later it'll say, since you made this decision, this happened. And like, yeah. I don't think it's crazy different gameplay. Like maybe you had one extra fight that you wouldn't have had if you had made one decision. Yeah. But it, it, it adds some weight to those decisions in a really neat way. And also like star Lord Peter Quill is very inept as the leader of this motley crew of mercenaries. And Mm -hmm. like that is nailed in the way this game has you making those decisions because I don't know who to side with and I'm just winging it as, as the person. Yeah making those decisions and it's really neat. Like I don't like, I usually do not like narrative choices in games like that. I want the best one (laughs) for the best story. We've talked about this before. Yeah. And I just think like it really nailed the character. Like you don't, he doesn't know what he's doing and you pull, you feel pulled in three different directions and you're just like, well, I'm going to go with this one. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're wrong and sometimes you're right, and whatever the case is, you have to, you know, work with your teammates to get through that. And I, it's awesome that like they were able to capture that like chemistry in a game. And I've I've never played a game like that that has that. Uh, the only game I can really compare with is actually Mass Effect. Yeah, I've heard it compared to that a lot. Really? Uh huh. And uh. Yeah, so I skipped all the discussion on that game because I knew I was going to play it. So I don't really know what anyone said about it other than yeah, a lot of people liked it. Uh, I will caveat this whole discussion about this game being great with I think combat is a mess. Yeah. And <laughs> it controls like crap. Like yeah. the whole game is basically kind of the Uncharted 3, push the stick forward, do the interactables in the environment kind of thing. And like Uncharted is good because it, that experience is so seamless. Mm-hmm. Like you're, there's never a weird janky animation that like kind of like takes you out of that cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. And this game just doesn't have that polish. <laughs> uh, the environments and everything look amazing. Like the uh, imagination of it is incredible and it's awesome and it's colorful and it's wacky sci-fi, but like just the way Star-Lord moves in that world. And like when you're trying to do the platforming or the puzzles, it just, you're fighting the game more than you are. 
do you always know that you're coming up to a combat scenario oh, because yes. it like oh, yes. it, it looks like an arena? Yeah, that's frustrating. You can you can see the interactables that are combat interactables like it's it's usually just like a an open area and then yeah. you can like see the things that oh I yeah. know rocket can blow that up. Yeah. And so it's it's my only only complaint I I have really with the game but it's a big complaint I was going to say that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. It's a major major part of the game. Yeah. And especially at the beginning like before you have abilities unlocked uh it just it doesn't feel great. Like yeah. towards the end once you can call on all your teammates to, to use all their abilities and Star-Lord has all his abilities. It gets a lot more fun just because it's nutty. Mm-hmm. But like you start out with just his blasters and they suck. <laughs> and one of the things that this is a weird complaint, but it drove me nuts the whole game. Uh, For normal third person shooter games, if you're, you know, one stick, one, con- one analog stick controls the camera and one controls movement. Mm-hmm. So if you're moving, if you're walking backwards on the stick and holding the camera forward, normally someone will back up or strafe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Star-Lord's animation turns his torso whichever way you're pointing the the movement analog. And so when oh, you move weird. the camera analog, he like rotates his torso, kind of. So... If you like normally do a thing that would have you backpedaling and shooting ahead of you yeah. in in a game, he's like running towards the camera and like pointing his guns backwards over his shoulders. Oh, okay. Okay. It, I was confused. It doesn't, it doesn't look that unnatural, but yeah. it it does look un- really unnatural. Like when you're you're like running around in a circle, he's like kinda like rotating the guns like all over over this shoulder over that shoulder like it just oh okay yeah it it really it's not just one static like okay i'm turned around it's it's like trying to read the the direction of the camera and changing it constantly kind of it just didn't look natural and like the polish it just hurt the polish of that game a lot and otherwise it's a very very polished game it looks yeah. really pretty in some of the footage that I've seen, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I took this is the game that I took the most screenshots of <laughs> when I was playing it on Steam. <laughs> like my fo- my screenshots folder is huge cuz it was constantly like just looked amazing. The art yeah. design is is awesome. Yeah. Another thing that's so fun about it is they have this 80s soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is funny because the movie wasn't 80s soundtrack and they definitely like felt the need to include stuff from the movies even though all the lore and characters have comic book history. So it's this weird, like pick and choose of which, yeah, which reference material they want to want to use. But the 80s soundtrack is really silly because they picked the goofiest songs they could pick. And like, you have a mechanic where you can like call your team into a huddle and like pump them up with a pump up speech. And then star Lord hits play on his, Mm-hmm. on his little tape player and so then you'll start the combat scenario and it'll be like uh wake me up uh by wham will be the song that's playing <laughs> as you're shooting people or or they have that definitely um, gets my blood pumping to kill yeah aliens. it's so funny or don't worry be happy is another one that's weird so like you're you're shooting bad guys and everyone scream and it's going woo. 
it's just it's really silly and it really works like for the yeah. you know they're yelling jokes back and forth and they're they're not all like goofy songs um they have a whole like cheesy metal band that's called star lord which he actually takes his the na- his hero name from mm. and they have their whole album available for you to listen to and i think it's original i, I don't know of a star lord yeah. band no, so i think I it's original either. music for the for the game and so there's just some fun there yeah. and uh i was really pleasantly pleased with how awesome that game was and it definitely belongs on my list i just yeah, you know, I'm I'm stubborn and didn't want to change it, and it's a uh, it's interesting too. I double checked. I wasn't sure who made it, and it's it's Idos Montreal and Square. Like, it's the same, probably the same team that made Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers was Crystal Dynamics and Square. Um, I just double checked, and it was Idos Montreal. I, oh, Chris, really? Yeah, Crystal. I do remember being involved, but. As far as I saw, it was Idos. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was some split there. But um, so I've been just, replaying Marvel's it, Avengers on PS5. Really? Yeah, my wife wanted to see. Oh, okay. She just wanted to experience the the Marvel story. Yeah. And I wanted to see it on PS5. Plus, there's like six character campaigns that have come out. Oh, okay. Since it got released, and my save data didn't get ported from my PS4 to my PS5. Oof. Why? Well, because my save data is on the PS4 version of the game, not the PS5 version of the game. That Was that one of the game examples that didn't have a free upgrade to the PS5 version? No, the game had a free upgrade, but they're two separate games. Like, I can download the PS4 game oh my God, or the PS5 so game. Confusing. And the PS4 game has all my save data oh, on it, so not the PS5 game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, it's really it's really dumb. Yeah. Uh but I I have so I've been playing that recently too and I still think that game is pretty good. I I definitely recognize where people bounced off like mm-hmm. the shoehorned live service parts yeah. of the game in there and it does it does hurt the game like if they would have just focused on the narrative uh yeah. It would have been ten times better. But the combat kits the like yeah, the combat kits for each character are le- are legit in that game. They're legit. And it's fun it's fun to be the Avengers and mess stuff up. Yeah. And uh I hold to that, so I, w- I wish I wish that it people liked it more, but I can understand why the icky storefront stuff yeah, is a turn off for yeah. people. But you know, all the all the extra content's free, and if you just don't engage with any of that, then I think you're still looking at pretty pretty good, pretty good game there. So, hmm. that being said, we should get into this. Yeah, do you want to toast 2020? <laughs> uh, sure. One. Yeah, it was a good year, I guess. Uh, since we both got a drink. Yeah. Cheers. Hmm. All right, 2021. Top 10. What do you yeah. got as number 10? Let well, me hear it. So before we get into actual numbers, I have two quick shout outs. You're going to do some honorable mentions? Yeah. Uh, so 
Magic, I got a couple of those too. Magic Arena launched on mobile in 2021. I have that played was groundbreaking. I have played Magic Arena every day since March 2021. And I still play it every day. And I didn't think I don't know why I just didn't put it in my top ten. Uh other than it's magic. It's a mobile game and you felt lame putting <laughs> and, it there. But and it's magic the gathering, which has been around for like thirty years. years. So yeah. uh yeah, um, I think we're almost at the 30th anniversary. I think I think 2023 is the 30th anniversary of the original set. Uh, so, yeah, Magic Arena is great, and it's really great on mobile, and I play it all the time. And have you I'm, played that with any friends? I haven't played it digitally, but I have played it in person still well, a I, lot. Yeah, I, I understand that. I, I meant Magic Arena is what I'm asking. No, haven't done, haven't done any head-to-head gathering. stuff. No. Um, I did Does randomly, it allow for matchmaking? Uh, like, could you, could could I play with you yeah. after this episode if you wanted? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, have you, you, spent you can have money a friends list and stuff. I did buy one Battle Pass. Uh, okay. I bought, I bought last season's Battle Pass. And that Battle Pass unlocks cards? Oh, it gives you a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. What um, What is there to get other than cards? Um, like nameplates and stuff. Yeah, I mean they have a bunch of customizable things that um, they're not as exciting. Like most of those are still outside of the battle pass. Like, and you just gotta buy them. Um, but the battle pass gives you like alternate card art sometimes, and they're like really basic alternate ones. They're not even like legit alternate ones. But yeah, it's just a good way to continuously get more cards and more in-game currency so you can do some of the events. Like I've gotten really into drafting in that game. I it's the first time I've gone deep on drafting in a card game, which is really fun and such a such a specific challenge of like making a deck on the fly with a limited card pool and like it's just saw, a really good way to learn the the current set meta and stuff. It's it's I really still fun. Buy a draft kit and have a bunch of people and so, like do one night of. While we're on that, real quick, um, there is a way to do a two person draft. Justin and I did it, and we're gonna do it again this week. Um, friend friend of the show, uh, you you only have to buy six booster packs, and yeah. you can do it with two people, and it totally works and the way and it's done like differently than you normally would do a draft um but it was really interesting and and it's relative six packs is like twenty dollars it's not really that big of an investment it might even be yeah it's like twenty dollars i guess split between two people and you can use those cards until they're out of rotation right yeah if yeah if i mean if you're playing in person which we're not, <laughs> but but technically, yes, we can. Oh, so you're talking about? I'm confused again. You're you're talking about real real magic? Yeah, c- not, yeah. Because you arena. you said you wanted to like maybe have a group together and do yeah, it. No, yeah, we did yeah, this okay. in person. We did this in person. In, I thought you meant the game facilitated. In arena, arena do does drafting. not facilitate that. That would okay. be interesting. It does facilitate drafting against strangers, which is what I do yeah. all the time. Yeah, but yeah, not all the time. But so let me ask you often. this. Uh, how does the game handle card art? Is it still cool on your phone screen like it is when yeah. you're playing with? So is it not as good or it's like really low res on the phone. Okay. Um, so like you definitely get the gist and you can see that it looks cool, but like 
if you it's zoom in if you zoom into a card you can definitely see like yeah we're not using the highest resolution textures for the mobile version now if you play it on pc it looks great and um in the digital version so we're talking about this more than i expected magic yeah had, i'll ask i won't ask any more questions magic only the, started only the games in your list Okay, Magic started doing these alternate arts like a while ago that can just show up randomly in packs, like in per- like physical, like the physical product. Yeah, and it's really cool. Some of them are really sweet, and um, it's it's this thing that they still do, and I forget what they call them. There's a word for it, but you know, it's totally random. It's it's just a random chance of getting number one a card that might be rare, and then number two that card with some really crazy alternate artwork. So in arena, it's way easier to get those because they'll do events all the time that are like, get alternate artworks, just play through this and get all unlock random alternate artworks, or you can just straight up buy them. And um, so it's really cool to see a bunch of them. Like it's, it's like a good way. I mean, obviously you could just look them up on the wizard or mad, like the magic wizards uh, card. The wiki. Yeah, like you could just look them all up and, you know, peruse them that way. But like it's fun, it's a fun thing in arena that like usually There's some rarity to the the stuff. Yeah, like like you'll be yeah. playing, you'll be playing against people and they'll play some card and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" Like you don't recognize the artwork at all and then you look at it and it's like this really alternate crazy version of like a standard card and it's it's cool. Like um so one of my favorite examples of the recent one, the current set is uh so can you picture the cover of Castlevania Symphony of the Night? <laughs> um yes. I actually used it as one of our episode images you know, on 2v1. Uh it's so on Symphony of the Night it's it's Alucard on the cover and it's like drawn really nicely and I forget what the artist's name is. It's a Japanese artist, I'm pretty sure. Um they got that artist to do an alternate version of one of the cards in the current set. And it's a vampire, and he and he looks like Alucard, and they like did this cool rendition in that style of Symphony of the Night in Magic, and it's so sweet. Like that's that's like a really cool example of like the stuff that they do for the alternate art. Uh, I don't have it, and I'm really upset because I don't know how you get it. <laughs> I think you had to buy it, and it's not available anymore. It doesn't come up randomly and stuff that I've seen, but. Magic Arena is really good. I play it all the time. All what the other time. honorable mentions do you have? Uh, the only other one is that we finally got uh, a Mass Effect collection in 2021, which is amazing, and I'm so thankful for that. It's and also on Games Pass now. It's coming to game. The Legendary Edition specifically is coming to Game Pass, and uh, it technically was on my number ten on my list, but it got edged out by something. So cool. Yeah. So I have three honorable mentions that didn't make my game of the year list. Uh, the first one is It Takes Two. Oh, okay. uh, it was on a more recent episode of With Punish. This is so the last you can episode. Li- you can, you can uh, go back and listen to that if you want to hear us hear me wax poetical about the best co-op game of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also have Kenna which is a game that I think deserves a lot of love and didn't make quite make my top 10. I didn't hear uh, about that on like anybody's list, I feel I like. I think that's probably because what it does is 
very um, standard. It's not not stand. Yeah, standard. It's not new. It's just a really good experience from I, I, specifically. I have it here because I think it's cool that it was that team's first project, and the level of polish that they managed to achieve in that game is it looks like uh something that most AAA studios would probably kill for. Yeah. And it's like it was not made by a AAA studio. And I think the the game's like limitations are also what makes it cool. Mm-hmm. Uh because, you know, it doesn't bite off more than it can chew. Um, as a game in terms yeah as a game like i i played through it i spent 10 or 15 hours exploring the world i beat it and then i moved on like it it was yeah solid from front to back there was like literally zero things that you know hurt the experience and i'm excited to see what they do with a bigger budget and more hype. Uh, yeah. W- that team really managed to achieve something that is, is special, I think. And I think it deserves recognition in the end of the year. The other game I have as an honorable mention, I'm super sad that it didn't make my top 10. It deserves to be on my top 10. It deserves to be in everybody's top 10. It deserves to be in everybody's game library. It's Hot Wheels Unleashed. Oh, okay. That game is so much better than I expected. <laughs> uh, it's so fun to open loot boxes of Hot Wheels cars and take them and race them on tracks that are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like It's like if you had a skyscraper to build a Hot Wheels track on and you had infinite money to build that Hot Wheels track and you could just go crazy... And then you also could get inside a Hot Wheels car and race that Hot Wheels car on that track. That's what this game is. And that's a dream. And it also is like a really good racing game. Yeah. Uh, I don't play a lot of racing games, so I don't really feel qualified to say that. But I think the simple the simple drift boost mechanics coupled with the game's uh, solid physics makes it feel like everything that happens in that game that is, it just feels like you are in total control of, of everything that happens in that game. And that leads to a very satisfying racing game because you don't ever feel cheated. Uh, if you, if you win, it's, you feel like it's because you outraced, you outdrifted, outboosted your opponents. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I want out of a racing game. I think Mario Kart has its place. The wackiness of, random items and shortcuts and things like that is its own thing. But I think there's also a place for tightly uh, tuned racers. And and this is definitely that. So Hot Wheels Unleashed is something that if you hopefully it goes on sale or it lands on Games Pass or something because it's a sick game. That seems like something that will 100% be on Game Pass. Yeah, I agree. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, like totally. And I'm, I haven't dove into like custom made tracks or anything like that. Yeah, uh, it's my dream that my friends get this game and we all race each other's <laughs> tracks, and you know maybe that'll happen one day, but we'll see. Maybe. But kicking it off at number ten. Yeah, 
Uh, we're a solid hour into this episode, and we are starting I'm gonna, with number 10. Yeah, I'm going to annotate this episode uh, for that reason, which is it's fine. Uh, I'll start. Go, go for the, it. The I was reason, for the it. The reason Mass Effect Legendary Edition got edged out was because uh, Resident Evil Village is, yeah, is my number boy. 10. Yeah, boy. That's my number two. We're we're like we're on opposite ends of the, uh, yeah. the spectrum right here with each of our games. Yeah, but I'm super I, pumped that uh, it's on your list. I squeezed it in, uh, literally right at the end of the year last year, like before the holidays. Um, and yeah, that game was great. Uh, it was uh, really silly and over the top and uh, stupid. I would say in a good way. I think it was a really stupid game, uh, which the best Resident Evils are dumb. And I just had a blast exploring. So let me let me ask you this real quick. Let me let me poke at that a little bit. Uh, well, because you take offense to it. No, I was gonna say, are there any Resident Evils that aren't dumb? Um, I don't think two is dumb, even though the remake was great. Like two is still pretty serious it takes itself pretty serious uh then three does not four i would say is more serious than stupid then five and six are extremely stupid uh seven again is serious and then eight is stupid (laughs) okay that's Um, fair it's a fair assessment one is also really serious but i didn't mention one i guess um but yeah i thought it was really that setting was perfect like that that is right up my alley like weird european medieval shit that really is only i guess like the first what quarter of that game but i did like all of the areas i think resident evils notoriously have a bad ladder half like across the board and i did end up liking the last area you don't like of you don't like going into the laboratories of any of the resident evil games not, is that not, you're saying not usually no cuz so, it's annoying because that is a trope like you always do that in a resident evil game so like now like it it's you expect it and so i'm going to push not back on that a little bit because the beginning of resident evil games is always some form of the haunted house too like it might be the police station Okay, but those are more interesting than a lab. It doesn't matter that as a theme, it's the same thing. Like you walk in, you walk into whitewashed walls or just polished metal, like in all of those games, except seven, I guess. Seven is like a boat, (laughs) Uh, but like it's the same thing generally, like visually to me. Um, I feel like you get off the boat and go through seven has like its own little. Oh, so the bo- so the boat isn't the end. Maybe it's the caves at the end of seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which of oh, you get off the boat and go through the caves? I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um. Anyway, I liked game, the last area of village. I thought it was like which was a lab. Yeah, and I thought it was appropriate because it was like they build up this character that is this wacky like experimenter like doing doing weird shit with machines and it makes no fucking sense at all <laughs> like it's really cool they did the lab thing but it's they just straight it. up magic at that point it's like which is funny. it's like their lab in resident Evil 8 is like this weird i got like i don't it's really the, industrial yeah industrial uh, like nazi nazi uh, yeah sort of 
experimentation. Yeah, kind of um, like modern Wolfenstein stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. like Nazi experimentation on bodies. Bodies, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I thought that was really cool. And I really like eight Resident Evil Eights. Each area is its own theme and vibe, including mm-hmm. the boss. Mm-hmm. And so it, they were able to like do the haunted house thing. And then they have like a puzzly section where it's actually scary and you're like doing all these dolls. And then they have, uh, I don't know, like a reference to like the lake area of, of Resident Evil four yeah, where like you're the, fighting a swamp thing. I think the lake area in eight was probably the weakest one, but I still liked that what you did there. I still liked what happened there mm-hmm. enough that it was like cool. I don't I don't think I think the best part about that game is that you don't spend too much time in any one area. Yeah, not really. The pacing really. the pacing of that game is superb. Mm-hmm. You you have each area is its own thing. You spend a couple hours in each of those areas and then they have the village which like kind of connects all of it. And that's where you handle pretty much all of the exploring. Mm-hmm. So if you like want to continue to explore, you can do all that in the village part of the game. And then the other areas are kind of like a tightly pushed push the stick down the road. Yeah, pretty linear. Uh, yeah, pretty linear part of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just that game doesn't. It just it's they sanded off all the things that. I feel like could detract from the experience. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't really have any complaints about that game. Uh, other than I don't think it needed to be first person, but that's whatever. Um, it, it felt really, my only other note that I had was that I thought it felt really balanced for most of the game. Like, yeah, I, I scrounged, quite a bit in that game i like i got a lot of the collectibles like i un uh-huh. I, I like did most of the map you and found I, a ton of ammo and used all and that i ammo. was using all of the ammo like every yeah. time yeah and all of my guns were upgraded and i spent all of my money and i even did sold you do all guns. The hunting recipes no so like i didn't do all of them because there was there was those series i think you have to them. choose between some of them actually i don't think you can get them all in one playthrough i <laughs> think you could maybe get them all but i'm not really? sure because yeah i think you can because they only had specific like uh meat types like there were like rare ones and you only used each one of those once so but i didn't do all of them because one of them was like upgrade your blocking ability which i yeah, literally never ever. used he never yeah. used that yeah yeah so i just didn't do those ones i did all the other ones but um yeah that game's really cool i i think it's i think it's definitely super good so I'm I'm just impressed at their ability to create new Resident Evil I mean games. I just I don't, don't think even there's a lot where... of franchises. Yeah. There's not a lot of franchises that can get eight games into a franchise and still offer I just don't know how there's any humanity left in the universe of Resident Evil. Like how <laughs> how is how is all of the normal humans not completely wiped out at this point? Like there has been catastrophic bioterrorism events for, years. for, for years. years across the globe in in every major like location of the planet basically <laughs> it's so ridiculous 
It's so ridiculous. Like, like Europe specifically totally decimated. Like, what, the East Coast, the United States, gone. Africa, gone. China, gone. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know where we go. Like, the West Coast? Does any of them take place on the West Coast? I can't really think of one. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, it's... I- it's ridiculous. What's the next Resident Evil game? Four remake? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's confirmed at this point. Do you think Resident Evil 9 will be first person? I hope not. Because, yeah, I hope not. I think they can go back to third person. It's just better I situational think... awareness. Yeah, yeah. I think they will. Yeah. I think the first person thing was so, so they could get scary again and they're it looks like they're moving away in that direction i think the scariness of seven uh deterred a lot of people and eight was a direct response to that yeah so great game i'm glad to see it on your list yeah i have it as high as number two yeah continuously amazed by resident evil's ability to create just fun wacky scary gross games yeah like they just they got a range man they got range their games got range (laughs) i mean they do it's basically zombie magic at this point so they can do literally anything i mean they do eight eight established some absolute bullshit logic to their universe so yeah. So play it because it's great. One of the best games of 2021 for <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. So my number 10, uh, another recently played game uh, that we spent the last two episodes talking about. So I don't need to spend a ton of time uh, on it here in this list, but it's Deathloop. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I have my complaints about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was able to achieve precisely what I wanted. I think I would have liked to have a sandbox that was a little bit more fun to to mess around in. Yeah. In terms of abilities, in terms of like discovering, you know, if I if I walk this visionary under this thing at this time, I can drop this on him or like something. Yeah. Some some puzzle uh, to figure out. I don't know how they would accomplish that with what they built. Cause I don't think they built a game to do that. Not really. Not like the other ones. No. Uh, but regardless, I think conceptually uh, having a time loop story, I'm not going to say game because it's not that having a time loop story, uh, with this interesting menu where you can load into a game. Um, really, it, it's like Metal Gear 5. It's like MGS5 where you pick <laughs> a loadout and abilities. The, the drop comparison into a level. you will hear nowhere else ever. Yep. <laughs> that's what I. That's how I... Uh, Boy, I'm what, like... That's how I felt playing it. Bristling at that a little bit. You don't like it? No. Why not? No. I mean, because Metal Gear is... Metal Gear 5 is the sandbox game. And, like, you just don't have that in Deathloop. No, you're you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, but the, the attempt 
I would say is is there. And uh I I think it's I think it ends up being a neat thing. Like I I know the the narrative didn't work for a lot of people for whatever reason. I thought it was cool. I was compelled all the way through the game. I enjoyed the ending like kind of a lot. Uh if it didn't make me repeat the same tasks and gave me a little bit more variation on on the playground bits, I think I would have had this a lot higher on my list. Hmm. Uh, it just didn't just didn't encourage me to to explore the sandbox as much no. as I would have liked. Yeah, no. and there's another game later on my list that did do that, and you know I'll get into that when I get into that. But I think Deathloop is really good, and I'm glad it it got the recognition that it's getting. Uh, I'm excited to play some more Arcane Studio games. Yeah. Uh, because I'm hearing that that sandbox exists in those games, and I'm looking forward to that. Dishonored, Dishonored does the kill these people how you want so much better, and then Prey just has a billion systems to interact with if you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And all that stuff sounds interesting. Yeah. I uh, Deathloop is but not the- on my list. Let me let me shout out another thing in Deathloop that I liked while we're here. The 60s or 70s, whatever period vibe that the island of uh, Black Reef has is so cool. I like I like the the music that's like playing all over the place and yeah, the weird lava lamp uh, <laughs> like I don't know vibe that the menu is and yeah. all the all the the UI and stuff. It goes a long way for me, and uh, everybody in that on that island is just there to basically do drugs and and do th- yeah. things that are questionable. And I just you don't see any of it, kind of. No, and you also know, I, it kind of doesn't make sense, like why anybody would want to do that. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we want to spoil stuff. No, we don't, we we're, don't need we're, to. We don't yeah. need to get into... This is a celebration of yeah. of what's good about the game, and, sure. and we're not here to, to poke holes in it, and <laughs> that that vibe, I think, was killer through the whole game, and I appreciated that, and that's why it's number 10 on my list. Okay. Uh, my number nine despite how probably negative I sounded about it last episode, is Psychonauts 2. Uh, I think that game ultimately is a really just amazing creation and, like, piece of art. Uh, it It is so cool what all of those worlds are and how you how they're tied into the story and what you do in them, even though, like, I, do, I didn't love the... the combat and whatever like they come up with unique ways to incorporate it into all of the unique people's minds that you jump into and it's just uh it's insane that the the level of creativity in that game is just astonishing uh and i'm really glad it exists the original psychonauts i have a lot of nostalgia for and uh i i was you know had super low expectations for two because it was languishing in development for a long time and uh it's great i think it's totally worth playing and you don't need to play the first one to enjoy the second one i i'd actually recommend not playing the first one really i I was gonna 
I think I think playing those games back to back is going to be a real struggle of yeah. will. Uh because I see that. Because that is definitely going to feel like a super dated game. Uh because I think two feels super dated. <laughs> And it's like it's probably because it was in development for so long. It's like fifteen years later, or something from the original Psychonauts. So like, I just don't recommend if you didn't play it. I don't think you should now, um, unless you're like really willing to sign up for some pretty old school 3D platforming with pretty shitty combat. <laughs> And instead of doing it for, like, 15 hours and two, you're going to do it for, like, 30 hours for both of them. Yeah. So. The uh, the recommendation I saw um, was to use a guide to play the first game so that you could kind of uh, not, not. Sure, like, I guess. So you don't have to go back and collect whatever collectibles that, that gate you from. Uh, oh, geez. Does that game, game does that game work that way? I don't even remember that. Yeah, I think there's I think there's collectibles that you like banjo like puzzle pieces and stars yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. it it totally could work that way and I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the recommendation yeah. that I saw cuz I was looking around because I'm a person that likes to experience an, an entire thing and I really want to play two, but I don't want to play two before I played one. I mean, I and really would suggest you don't, but I did buy one more recently and tried to go back to it and I turned it on and was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I so, I played I played one like years after it came out. I, that was one of the first games I played on my 360, actually. Um, and even back then, I was like, "Oof, this is hard to get through." Like, there's some really cool stuff. Like, the story is cool, and all that stuff is really cool, and it has the same creativity. But as a game, it's rough. Let me tell you, though. Let me tell you. I pushed through three in a row. Three no more heroes. Yeah, games I know you did. Year. Yeah. I so I, I can't have, I, I'm not playing three because I tried to replay them, which was a mistake. I have willpower, my friend. I I guess, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are we at? Number nine? Yep. Number nine for me. Uh I believe talked about it on an episode entitled Ray Traced Mario. A little uh, continuity for you there. Mm-hmm. If you want to go back and check out some earlier episodes from this year. Uh, to hear our discussion on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, oh, my number right. nine game of the year. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is fantastic. Um, it really is the game that I believe showed what the PS5 could do uh, the most, at least that I've experienced thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like, particle effects and loading and i know that like loading quick loading i I just sounds like i just don't buy that that can't work on pc (laughs) well i'm not saying that it can't yeah i'm not saying it can't work on pc yeah but that's like their thing with that game specifically when you press the ps button it's like three seconds from the entire boot up of the system to when you're like into the game and running around. Yeah. And the whole entire game because of that quick load thing is is it just plays from there. Like there is never there's never a second of 
of when you have to wait to go from one thing to the next thing. Yeah. And it just goes a long way in terms of presentation. Like you're flying from planet to planet and there's no, there's no waiting. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. The amount of, of detail and art they can just blow up into your face at the drop of a dime. And, you know, Ratchet and Clank is already a ballistic uh, experience with the the crazy weapons and, you know, enemies all shooting at you and everything's blowing up. And, like, it just is constantly frenetic and beautiful chaos. And that's awesome. And, you know, the reason we talked about it being like a ray-traced Mario game is because their art design is is a specific uh, drawn thing that they manage. In the same way probably that you're talking about Psychonauts 2, it's a specific thing that they manage through the entire game. Mm-hmm. And the game is fun, it's beautiful, it's paced really well, it's written pretty well, it plays like a Pixar movie in all the best ways, and... It's killer. And uh, the reason it isn't higher on my list is because Ratchet and Clank is pretty much a known thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't do anything new to fans of the series, which I am. I've played all the Ratchet and Clank games. So, there's not a lot there other than experiencing the PS5 running yeah. how it was promised to run. Yeah. And, and playing a really, you know... A really good game. Uh, but I think it deserves the praise it gets, and that's why I have it at number nine on my list. Yeah, I can't wait to play that game someday. <laughs> um, My number eight is The Forgotten City. Oh, man. So I heard a bunch of end-of-the-year talks about this game, and I'm mad it's spoiled for me because I don't really feel the oh, shit, pull. Yeah. I mean, to go back and play it. I, uh, I wasn't sure. I was going to ask you if you got spoiled on it because I feel compelled to gift somebody a copy of this game because I feel bad I didn't buy it. It was on Game Pass, and I just watched the no clip last night about the development of it, and like, it's it it was mostly a single guy who. Worked it was on a it. mod. It started as Wasn't a mod. It? Yeah, it started as a mod, and the mod was extremely popular, so that he felt the need to make it a standalone game, and that turned into a whole thing for him. And development nightmare kind of thing, sort of. Yeah, and so like, so like, I really, I like doubly appreciate it now because it's really astounding. Like what you it know is. the labor of love that went into it. Now, yeah, um, that's probably every game ever, but that's yeah, how it, keep it, going. it is. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but uh, so like I already talked about it on an episode and uh, maybe you've heard it on other Game of the Year stuff now, but like it really is just a super good, tight, brilliantly designed time loop game where the best thing about it is once you accomplish a task, you never have to do it again. There's a thing built in the game to handle redoing all of the stuff that you need to do to make shit happen. 
so you don't personally handle it. Some something else handles it on every run, and that is unbelievably smart. Like it just is crazy, and it goes a really long way in that game. And uh, I think the story was awesome. I think the characters were awesome. It was really fun to explore. It's a really small uh, area generally to explore. So like, there's detail packed in like everything that you look at, and um. It's a, it's amazing. That's an, it's an so amazing. So let me just game. ask you a couple questions about this game, because uh, I haven't seen any like pr- footage of it or anything. Oh really? Uh, are, no. Are you walking around in the world as a character in that world? Uh, sort yes. You are. You're. It's in first person, and the idea is that you are just some cipher person that gets teleported back in time to like this Roman city, and you are there and people are talking to you and interacting with you. So they're aware of your presence. Is it voice acted? Yeah. Uh, so you're essentially just walking up and having conversations. It's primarily conversation adventure, an adventure game. You're kind of like interacting with things in your environment and and you have an inventory and it's definitely like a first person adventure game. Um, there is a little, there is a little bit of shooting in it. Okay. Um, which I learned as I was playing is almost entirely skippable. If you're not careful, like, which I find so strange, but there's like a whole very cool part of that game that you could like not do. Um, so here's a here's a couple more questions for you. Is there multiple endings? Yep. Um, does it offer replayability with like that? Depends. Uh, the multiple endings would be the replayability because like you kind of stumble into the other endings, which I actually didn't do. <laughs> uh, I I got the best ending naturally. Like, never happens. Yeah, I mean, it. I like because Unless it's you're 100% in games. It's like pretty clear when you can get those other endings. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem like what I want. Like, I could yeah. end it this way, but I'm not going to. So, like, yeah. I just kept going. And then it becomes actually, I think it does a really good job of like laying out what you need to do to get the best ending. And, and I did it. And that's the only one I saw. So, yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that even though I know the end, like what what the mystery behind it is, do you still feel like it's like worth pushing through, or like is that the is that what drove you to finish? And I stuff? wanted to know what was like going it's, on, it's, and it's not fun to play really, other than it's, other than trying to solve the mystery. Yeah, it's an adventure game. I mean, it's not yeah. like in terms of gameplay, there's not a whole lot there. It's you running around, but like, yeah, I I do like I. How would I say this? Like, I like when games, I like when they are primarily just explore this space. Like, I think that is really compelling to me, usually. Like, yes, it needs some kind of combat in most situations, but, like, um, I get a lot out of just looking at where did they put this thing and, and what is this, where is this, npc located and why are they in this area and like i mean that is what that game mostly is is like just exploring the city and talking to people so honestly too you're always pushing for games that don't do combat yeah and and i think this is a really good one i think 
in talking to you a lot about games, I feel like combat often falls short in terms of what your mark is for something that is... Yeah, it needs to be really good or I don't really yeah. want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all those fall in line with what you're saying about this game. That's cool that it's on your list. Yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend it. If you did get spoiled by it, though, I it's hard to recommend. It's a tough sell. Yeah. So, pick, to piggyback off of that, uh, we'll go to mine number eight, which is a game that is... I feel lacking in narrative, disappointingly. <laughs> okay. However, however, that combat though, ah, that is that chef's kiss. In case anyone can't see <laughs> what I just did there, you mean everybody can't see? That's correct. Uh, and that game's Halo Infinite. Mm. Um, we've talked a lot about Halo in the last couple episodes. Yeah. I just want to reiterate, uh. The campaign specifically, and multiplayer, really. 343 is a, is a studio that makes really, really fun shooting games. And I think your mileage may vary uh, in terms of expectation, maybe, with, with what you want out of Halo. Uh, but for me, you know, we already have the Grand Adventure... And that grand adventure lives endlessly in my in the Master Chief collection. <laughs> yeah. And so the update for Halo needs to be good combat. And this game is so much fun to play. Like, so much fun. It's the best playing Halo game by a country mile. And the sandbox, which is what I was referring to when we talked about Deathloop, is incredible. And to add to that, I think that the combat encounters like in that open world and in the missions that they designed are so uh, just tightly like designed that the game really, really pushes you to just to to be the master chief. And, uh, you know, Doom 2016, I think, stands as the pinnacle. I, I said this before. I said this on last year's 2020, or last year's wrap-up episode. Yeah. It stands as the pinnacle of first-person shooting, in my opinion, for me. I'm talking about me. Where, like, it's just, like, frenetic and ballistic, and, like, you're constantly being pushed to use everything at your at your disposal. And it's not like uh Doom Eternal would would take this a step further. It's it's not like you're you're using everything because you want to use everything. It's the game pushes you to use everything because you have to mm-hmm. or you're not going to win. And I love that about the game. And like I'm I'm talking about normal difficulty. I didn't even I didn't even experiment on any of the higher ones yet. But yeah. you, you get you get that grapple shot and you drop into the middle of a, a Ford operating base. And yes, I think open world map clearing has has had its day and its day is gone <laughs> in in game design. <laughs> but when you have this much you have this fun of a combat system, I want to to clear bases because I want excuses to go 
I want excuses to go use those combat mechanics in in an area, in a space. Mm-hmm. And this game's open world map does that. And it's it's so much fun. Like the grapple shot is the thing that everybody talked about. It dynamically changes the way you play the game. You can drop right into the middle of the fray and zip right out of there as soon as you get in trouble. And it's like the first time in a Halo game where I felt like I felt like I was just orchestrating chaos. Like <laughs> like my problem with with Doom 2016 was it was like requiring me to do all these things and if I didn't if I didn't input the correct sequence of things I died for it. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean by sure. that? Yeah, sure. This game feels like it's it's requiring me to do the same thing. It's requiring me to use my entire inventory, but it doesn't like I'm not I'm not killing an enemy. I don't have to use a specific weapon on this enemy and I have to use a specific weapon on this enemy. So it's not requiring me to I'm like the orchestrator of my own uh yeah, chaos machine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and like, you know, you pick up a gun and it has limited bullets in it. Like you can't just you can't just get a bunch of ammo and use the same weapon. So you're picking up a bunch of different guns. Yeah. I think and then, that's Halo and, in general. It it is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It, yeah. The game has always been designed like that. And yeah. I played through every Halo game in the run up to Yeah. Infinite being released. So I feel especially like attuned to what the series has provided in terms of combat experiences. Yeah. And I think this game just nails the hit, what what Halo is in terms of combat and then it kicks it up a notch to an intensity level that is just balls to the wall fun. And and that applies to both multiplayer and and the campaign. Uh yeah. you you notice I haven't sp- said anything about the narrative which mm-hmm. is comp- is very disappointing in terms of like it doesn't meet the the series high marks yeah um in terms of moments in terms of wonder in terms of like greater universal uh like pieces that are moving forward for you to experience in but i think those things you know they could still happen in the future and if they don't, then I at least got a really fun game to play for 50 hours. And yeah. I'm not done with multiplayer. Like, I plan to play that all year until something else dethrones that as my go-to shooting game. Yeah, multiplayer is good. Um, I think they made some dumb decisions in terms of battle pass and in terms of, like, the game is so light on content. I, yeah. I, it got pushed back a year, yeah. and I have no idea what they did with that full year, except for they probably spent the whole either. thing. Pl- they they spent the whole thing play testing yeah, the combat probably. scenarios. Yeah, they, that's all they did was play test combat scenarios because they're so finely tuned and so incredible. And then literally, there's nothing else in the game. Yeah, but but that's the most important thing to me, and it's I I think it's killer. They crushed it in in that in that category. They crushed it. And that's the hardest category, I think, to to nail. Do you know what I mean? Gameplay? Like, yes. 
Absolutely. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, for a shooter, it's like the thing that needs to be hit, especially with like the the gloat we have on first person shooters in the market. Yeah. And and five other Halo games, like that I could go back and play mm-hmm. on the Master Chief Collection. Uh, so, you know, Halo's great, and it's free to play multiplayer. You should be doing that if you aren't doing it already. And if the narrative's not for you, I encourage you at least to try to get onto the open world map and start messing some stuff up because it's a blast. <laughs> okay. Halo Infinite. Um, Infinitely fun. So my uh, my number seven is a total change. Uh, something we haven't talked about in a long time. Uh, it's Guilty Gear Strive. Oh man, you're stealing all my upper list ones. That's my thir- <laughs> number three game of the year. Yeah, I have it towards the back of the pack because, like, I played it enough um, at at and then release. Dropped off a little bit. Yeah, and then I just didn't really feel compelled to like keep chasing it, uh, which I knew would happen. I, I just knew that would happen. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. It's a great fighting game. Uh, it's beautiful. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I never got around to the story mode. I'll just watch that on YouTube someday. But, uh, yeah, that's a really good fighting game. And um, it's cool that it exists. And I do want to check back in on it at some point, but just not right now. Not like not like in a fighting game mood in the last couple months, really. So, uh, Guilty Gear Strive is my number three game. I spent a ton of, I spent a ton of time with Josh just – like playing each other. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend a lot of time like grinding online. Yeah, I played uh, primarily I think, online, I think. I think the fun thing about Guilty Gear Strive is that in in my previous experience with fighting games, it felt like in order to get better at the fighting game, you needed to learn the fighting game. Um it's it, I don't want to spend a ton of time getting into that because I could probably talk for two hours on what I mean by that, but the systems that are in place in Guilty Gear allow for, I feel like, multiple solutions to uh, multiple solutions to problems you have in terms of matchups, like with a specific character. And yeah. the game happens at such a frenetic pace that oftentimes you make those decisions and you make those decisions before you realize you're even making that decision. And then the game moves on and you already have to make another decision before. So, so the, the whole thing, it's, it's hard to talk about. I'm sorry if this doesn't make sense. Stop <laughs> me if you think I'm, I'm sounding crazy. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Fighting games are really hard to discuss. I think yes, uh, and, yes, and they really require knowledge of what pretty, a fighting game is. Pretty intimate knowledge of how they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just imagine, you know, characters have different move sets, and just like a Dota or an Overwatch or whatever, and the way they interact is different depending on which character is which. The thing that I like about Guilty Gear is I feel like the systems that are available to your character via 
a specific character trait or whatever, or the game's base mechanics that are available to all can all characters make for a very varied like I can I can solve a problem that I have in terms of a matchup with a multitude of different ways. And oftentimes I'm not sitting there thinking, how do I do this? I'm just reacting to what's happening on screen and it works and then it's fun. It's you get that moment of, oh yes, that worked. And then before you even have a second to like be excited about that moment, you're already making another decision and testing that again. Mm-hmm. And like you're doing that through an entire match and it's just continuously happening and it's it's just a lot of fun. Like other games I feel like require more knowledge of how things work, whereas this one I feel like encourages experimentation more. Which without getting too far into it, I'll I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But that coupled with, you know, the visual style and the crazy hit effects and mm-hmm. you know the the UI blinking all over and the cheesy metal soundtrack and all that stuff equals a package that is just, you know, its own thing. Yeah. Its, it's own fighting game. It's really an amazing uh, piece of work just yeah. across the board, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it really works, and uh, it's cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Guilty Gear Strive. That's my number three game. <laughs> well, what's your number seven? My number seven? Is a game that didn't come out this year. I don't even know if it came out last year. Okay. Uh, it's actually Control. I think, by yeah, Remedy. I think that's like three years ago. Three years ago? I think so. Wow. So I'm late to the party. Uh, I played the Ultimate Edition. Ultimate Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I played in like January or February. Um, this is the first game by Remedy I've ever played. Uh, I just really, I really enjoyed exploring. The uh, what's the house called? The the last house is that it? Oh my god, I can't la- remember what it's called. Is it the old house? No, it's not the old house. I thought it was. Are you the... sure it's not the old house? Look, look it up while I talk about it. Um, so you get all these cool telepathic and and psy op abilities uh to fight these soldiers with and. It's a really interesting world for you to explore in terms of like, you know, what's going on here? What's the mystery? It doesn't like explain away every little piece of the puzzle, which I think is good. It's the oldest Uh, house. The oldest house. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. And, uh, you know the way that house morphs and and changes and stuff as you play through the game is is really cool. It has a really distinct art style, and uh, it's got to be available in a hundred different places at this point. Yeah, um, it's just it's just a really really stinking good game. It's a great game. And, I think it's Remedy's best game. And uh, I think that experience of what that game is is unlike any other game. Uh, like in terms of like abilities and your in your guns and your, you know, you have this weird morphing pistol that does all these different things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You're the the uh, the telepathic. What's what is it called? Telekinesis, where you're like slamming stuff in the environment around it is like so fun to play with. And yeah. The you know, it's an office, so you're exploding desks and the papers are going everywhere. And, 
the glass is shattering on the on the clock and you know it's just a it's just a cool game and uh it, i really when i was playing it i really got vibes like I'm, I'm a really big stephen king fan and that's supernatural like something's something's weird here but we don't know what it is that at yeah. twin peaks twin peaks stephen king that uh yeah it's just the vibe, the vibe, man, is is legit in this game, and uh, it's 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 really good game. It's it's a little older, so I apologize if you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. but it's that's still it's definitely game. still worth playing. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, yeah, moving on. Good. Number six is uh, Loop Hero. I didn't a game that. A game that I felt really bad leaving off my list. I didn't even finish. <laughs> I I think yeah, I, I mean, only I think I only played I think I only beat two of the bosses. Maybe three. I can't remember if I did the third. I might have done the third. But yeah, Loop Hero is uh one of the most unique things that came out in twenty twenty one, without a doubt. And uh I I think really fondly on it, and I spent quite a bit of time with that game. And that's why I felt like it's worth having on my list because it doesn't matter that I didn't beat it for, like, what it is. It's telling a story, and it was kind of interesting, but, like, I didn't need to complete it to, like, be able to say definitively that it is such an interesting game. Yeah. Um, it's... I really, like... It's so hard to talk about because... It's not a deck builder, but like it sort of is. And it has deck building elements. Yeah, but like it's, and it also has roguelike elements. Yeah, it's more like a rogue game. Um, but it also has some creativity involved, like city building type stuff, and it's just fascinating, like to watch a run take shape as you're playing, and like you're changing, you're literally building the path that you're taking, and and building the environment around it and all of that ties into the universe of the game and like the world just fell apart. (laughs) So like you're like rebuilding it and it's just really neat. And I think totally worth checking out. Even if you play it for like an hour, it's worth checking out. Do you think you'll go back to it? I almost did. I, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, because I, I kind of just wanted... I, so, I really like the soundtrack to that game. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's really good. And also, like, not only is the game itself unique, I think the soundtrack is pretty unique. Like, it's really dark and, uh, like, moody. Um, where and, and it's, you know, chiptune-y type sounding, like, old school stuff that a lot of indie games do. But it's, it's really sinister. And it works so well with that game's uh, theme because, like, it's a super fucked up game. Like, what happened and what is happening. And and I just think the music, like, really pushes that forward. And um, so I didn't go back to replay it because I was like, well, really, I think I just want to hear a couple songs. <laughs> so, like, so I, just listen- put the so I put on. the soundtrack on and just listened to and that. that. And that... And that, while you played Factorio, and that and while I, yeah, like I, I ended up just going back to Factorio recently and playing a lot of Factorio. So like, 
I, I want to go back to Loop Hero. I don't know that I will, but, like, I put a serious chunk of time into that game already, so, like, I'm okay with that. Uh, and and I do think, regardless of how much you play it, it's worth seeing because it's just, there's nothing like it. There's literally so, nothing like it. Loop Hero, I think, is the most convincing game for... I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Most convincing game for intelligent game design. That's what I was going to say. That that happened in 2021. Like it's the best. It's the most intelligently designed game that in 2021. Ah, uh, I have a counter to that. Um, another game. Yeah, that's on my list. I I think I know what it is. Yeah. Um, I I put a good amount of time into this game. I felt bad leaving it on my li- off my list because I feel like it deserves it deserves praise. It deserves to be talked about. It deserves to be celebrated. But I knew you would put it on yours, <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't feel like yeah compelled to to uh, to add it to my list. Uh, I played a good bit of it too. I bounced off of it. At the not bounced off, but I probably played twelve to thirteen hours of it, mm-hmm. and then I kind of started t- to to taper off of it a little bit. I feel like if they, it's very grindy. It's totally and I feel grindy. Like, yep. I feel like that's a thing that is probably a positive thing for some people. It's it's something that they that that is one of the weak points of the game for sure it's really great i just feel like yeah i just feel like a lot of i got to a certain point i beat two bosses out of the four as well Mm -hmm. or i beat two out of the four and i think i'm at a point in the game where i'm supposed to play do runs and continuously do runs and then stop in the middle of those runs to get and take materials. my resources back yeah. to my base yep. and then build the base up so that I can continue through the thing. That's where I stopped playing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I recognize that that's a thing. Like some people probably like that. They want a long game. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm not like doing enough. I'm not seeing enough new things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to a point where it's like, okay, I know what this is. I think I know what all the cards that I have do yep. for the most part. Um, I know what items I want. I know what build I, what class I like using. Yes. And then yeah. I just, it's just a matter of like getting the permanent items to raise my stat level in order to yeah push through to the next thing. Yep. And there's probably some stuff that I could go look up mm-hmm. that I don't know about the game because there's a lot of like secrets to where you place cards on your map or like mm-hmm. what you do with items that affect things and you don't the game doesn't tell you how those things interact and i that reminds I, me of another criticism of is once you learn that the game does not really have a great encyclopedia of that also so like doesn't it doesn't it have an item you can buy to um, I feel like there was a, a le- uh, there, thing you could craft or an item you could buy that would save those. There's a building, I think, that you can build in your town that is like it stores records of stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't do what I'm talking about. 
from what I recall. It doesn't it doesn't say like once you put nine pieces of rocks together, it makes a mountain and the mountain does this. Like that's what yeah. I'm talking about, and that's the stuff that you have to remember. And like there's a lot of those things to remember. And for like what that game is, it just doesn't feel like you you should have to remember it. <laughs> like it yeah. should just it should just be somewhere once you do it once. Um, that's relatively minor, I guess, but, but yeah, I, yeah, that I, I reminded just, me of that. It's like every, th- the decision making that game is so awesome. Everything you do has like a positive and a negative effect yeah. and you're constantly weighing whether I want to take the chance of doing the thing for the benefit of it or not. Yeah. And that, that is it's all the way through the game. Like it's in terms of the cards you're placing down. How many loops I building. do? <laughs> yes, yes. The buildings you're building. Should I stop and or and take my resources back, or should I continue on to fight the boss? Yeah. It's just like you get to a certain sticking point where it feels like it wants me to just endlessly do the loops, and that's kind of where I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll do this, but I can't sit there and do f- play two hours of 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 yeah. it because it feels like I'm kind of do it's very passive. Yeah. It feels like I'm not doing anything kind of. Yeah. So, it's a great game. I loved it. Uh I'm glad that you're recognizing it. Yeah. So, Loop Hero. Uh number 6. <laughs> we're That's we're getting we're getting long here too. We got to I think we're doing all right. Last year's was two and a half hours. Oh, okay. Is that? Did you want to be shorter than that? I mean, no, I didn't even think about last year's. But anyway, go ahead. All right, uh, number six, Risk of Rain Two. Oh, is my is my number six game that also didn't come out this year? No, it didn't. Uh, but I did spend probably thirty five, forty hours on it this year, and uh, it's another roguelike uh, where you have characters and you unlock those characters' abilities. And you're taking that character and those abilities and running them through. And it's a sh- it's a shooter primarily. Yep, yeah. shooters, and you're running them through uh, levels which are separate planets, and those planets are throwing hordes of enemies at you, and uh, those hordes are on a timer that basically spawns more and more enemies as the timer. Kind of like Loop Hero. The longer you take, the up. harder it gets. Yeah, absolutely. So it behooves you to play through fast, mm-hmm. but if you play through fast, you also don't collect uh, items and power-ups that allow you to progress further. So it's this constant like balance of, should we speed through this, or should we take our time and explore and or kill everything? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think, I think it's so much fun. And like I could play another thirty hours of it right this second. If you wanted to turn this episode off and play Risk of Rain Two, really? I'd be so down. Yeah, dude. I'm surprised how much um, you guys like that game, honestly. I think the characters are all awesome. Yeah. Like I would I would gladly learn more characters and I've probably only like really, really used one or two. Mm-hmm. And you get to a certain point where you start to unlock like the ability to choose like when you start out the game your 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 drops are are randomized but eventually you unlock the ability to choose your uh choose what your drops are mm-hmm. 
And once you get there, then you're on a constant, like, how can I break this game? Uh, Mm. type of, type of thing. And it's so fun to just test the limits of what can happen with specific combinations of power-ups and, and things like that. And, you know, I had a lot of fun doing that. And I think, I think the art design is really neat. And I think the soundtrack. Oh, soundtrack is great. Is awesome. It, it's yeah. like the closest thing to Pink Floyd, which is one of my favorite bands. It's like a Pink Floyd <laughs> soundtrack. And like you're, you're fighting these aliens that look all weird on this alien planet. And it's raining and you're ripping through these, these like guitar solo synth soundtracks. And it's just, it's a sick game. And, uh, I don't think I've like reached the end of my enjoyment with that. And there's still like probably 50 hours worth of things to explore. And I would gladly do it. I think there's DLC coming right out now. for it. Yeah, that's exciting. I'll, I'll definitely uh, pick that up and play with some more characters. And I think that's a relatively cheap game that. Yeah, I think it's like is, 20 bucks is a load of content for for people to explore. Yeah, it's a good it's a it's a good co-op game for sure. Um Yeah, and it's I think you can get up to four players in it yeah, too. Yeah, it's can't it's you? four. Yep. Um Yeah, uh so my number 5 is Hitman 3. Wow, Hitman. All right. Uh I played a lot of Hitman over the last couple years of the of the modern Hitman, and um, I feel like I don't remember you talking about three too much. I feel like you played one and two way more than three. I played three. Well, it's hard to distinguish, honestly, because the reason those games are awesome is because all of them are combined into a single platform, <laughs> and that is fucking amazing. That is so amazing. Uh, so don't you don't you wish more games would do that? Yeah, I do. I really it's like wish. the Master Chief Collection. I yeah, it, it 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 the Hitman thing is definitely like the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, um, it is so cool now to have three full uh hit like modern Hitman games all in one package, and they have there's a billion things to do in them. That game is like sandbox. Expl- like sandbox two it's it's the sequel to a sandbox game like there is so much shit to do in those games and sandbox different- two what's the sequel to a sandbox game that's what i'm that's hitman hit the modern what do hitman. you play in the water table is the sequel oh, to the yeah, sandbox the water, the water ta- table yeah, the water table <laughs> yeah i'm thinking back to kindergarten yeah, yeah. i don't know it's the next know. level up literally because it was usually elevated um yeah yeah, Hitman is awesome, and Hitman Three was just more awesome on top of awesome, and more Hitman. Uh, yeah, it, it really is just more Hitman, but that's been really good for the last like five years. So, uh, I did play like I I played a little bit more with like something I always wanted to do with these games, which was score attacking against friends this time in three, and that was a blast. Uh, I really wish that mode was more fleshed out in Hitman, actually, because it's kind of like it's mostly based on time, which isn't that fun. But um, making up like 
tell like you play with a group of friends at the same time and you're like you have to kill this guy with this thing and then kill this guy with this thing and like having everybody come up with different solutions on how to do that like was so much fun and um i all this this year with 3 was also the first time i tried to do silent assassin suit only on some levels which is like this entirely different challenge with those games because you obviously want to be changing costumes to get around and do stuff and like do some of the wackier stuff. But like if you try and beat a level without alerting anybody and no one has any idea that you're there while also wearing the standard hitman suit with a red tie, it's such a badass feeling like you, you just snuck your way through this whole crazy intricate level without changing disguise or alerting anybody. It's like a really good like stealth challenge. And um yeah, Hitman is awesome. Just modern Hitman is is so good. And uh 3 added a lot of new cool levels and it's great. Is there plans to add to that? Are they what's the, there's probably, the Hitman thing done? There's probably DLC for 3. I wouldn't be surprised if I mean that came out early in 2021, so there there might have already been a level added to it and I just didn't hear about yeah. it. Um yeah. I don't think I bought the season pass. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh cuz there was so much content there anyway that I didn't really like play all of it, so it's not yeah, a big deal. You didn't deal. need more yet. But they're making a 007 game next. So we'll see what is that, that good is. Or bad? I, I mean, licensed games, I'm not a fan of just as a rule. Uh, I think that's lame, but um, we'll see. It could be good. So gotcha. Uh, so my number five is, I believe, next game of the year. So I'm going to skip that. And my number, f- we're going to go right to my number four. Okay. Uh, which is Monster Hunter Rise. Oh yeah, uh, that, that did technically come out last year. Yeah, came out in March of 2021, and I'm actually going to do a crazy thing and put a s- slash next to Monster Hunter Rise <laughs> and then Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate to. Uh, okay, I have my number four. I have one thing, and I know it's your number four. We have spent a lot of time on Monster Hunter in like the last five episodes, or something. Okay, so just yeah, just keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, it's more Monster Hunter. Uh, it's coming out for PC. I'm excited. Soon, really so excited. For I'm that. sure. I'm sure I'll be playing more Monster Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the changes to the mechanics that they made. The sanding off of the rough parts of of uh, some of the more RPG like elements of of Monster Hunter, and uh, I'm excited for the update to it. Sunbreak is supposed to come out, I think, summer of next year. Uh, so oh, I'm really? sure I'll that, get. Well, you mean 2022? Yeah, summer of 2022. Okay. So I think they're going to allow for the PC guys to get their hunters to level 100, and then they'll release the new content. And yeah, then you'll have then you'll have another hundred hours of Monster Hunter content <laughs> at the very least to yeah. uh, to play through. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's my thing. You know, Monster Hunter's my, my jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it continues to be a thing that 
I enjoy playing and talking about and everything else. So yeah, Nick obviously doesn't like hearing about it. So we'll I, continue I'm just on sparing, to the next hey, game. I know, I know how it sounds, but like we we have an entire episode about Rise, and then Monster Hunter has come up like in every episode in the last few episodes. So just trying, you know, just trying to save. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. On the What's, uh, what you there. got next? Uh, number my number four is uh Super Mario 3D World slash, slash Bowser's, Bowser's Fury. Fury. Yeah, and and primarily for Bowser's Fury. I had a great time with 3D World this year. I played it all with Dustin, and that was really fun because I didn't play it on Wii U. But man, I loved Bowser's Fury so much, and we talked about that quite a bit. I think when it came out. Um, it was just really cool to see a new, basically, Mario Odyssey level because we never got Mario Odyssey DLC for no reason. Um, but they added the twist with the persistent Bowser threat and how that interacted with the level and how it changed the level and how you fought Bowser. It was, like, super big kaiju stuff. And Bowser's Fury was just fucking awesome. And for, like, a lot of last last year it was going to be my game of the year so um it got edged out by a couple things that i wasn't expecting <laughs> interesting yeah i liked the uh, i liked bowser's fury quite a bit 3d world was kind of whatever but i didn't play co-op so yeah it was it was totally different co-op like I don't I would have probably ran through that game by myself and not really like done any of the collectible stuff but like doing it co-op um it was a it was a fun challenge to collect all the green stars and as much as the other stuff as we could and like that led to a lot of frustration but like working through that frustration was like some really good triumphs it's like, oh my god, I can't believe we made it through this and we collected everything and whatever, you know, like that that was fun. And there are so many levels in that thing. Yeah. So yeah. like that happened constantly. <laughs> it's cool that they they packaged both those together. That's like such a good offering yeah. in terms of Yeah, totally. of money. That's something that Nintendo is not good at yeah. is giving you, you know, they're usually charging you an arm and a leg for everything they can. Yep. So it's it's awesome that they did that. Uh, yep. The persistent the persistent Bowser thing in Bowser's Fury was something that I loved and also disliked. Uh, really? Like, well, I got halfway. He would through get in the way, then, I guess. Sometimes, yeah. Like he was like, you didn't really want to deal with him, but he was just he appeared too often. I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, I would I would have liked some way to maybe trigger him or something. Yeah. To like accomplish puzzles that needed him mm-hmm. and then or like maybe an item that I could make him disappear with right away so that I could finish what I was doing instead of immediately starting having to dodge fire waves. Yeah. But regardless, that's an awesome game and it does deserve to be uh, celebrated. So it's not on your list so, at all, huh? No, it's not on my list. Wow. I played it at the beginning of the year and a 3D world just like didn't do a ton for me. I mean, to be clear, then, it's on my list for Bowser's Fury. Yeah. So. so Bowser's Fury, I probably I beat pretty fast. I didn't collect like all of. Yeah, I did collect everything, everything in that game. Is, I probably spent like three or four hours on that game and beat it, and then 
Gotcha. Yeah, the I collected it, everything, which I think a ton of the good stuff is like not mainline. Like a, a yeah, lot of the good yeah. courses and and uh, cat shines <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like a yeah, lot. Yeah, the cat motif is extremely weird. Yeah, I think of that. Yeah, a lot of the um, a lot of the like really good ones you like didn't need to do and probably didn't encounter naturally. So, yeah. Uh, I've already talked about my number three and my number two, so you can keep going. Oh, um, okay. Uh, my number three is Axiom Verge 2. Nice. Uh, um, I think that game is incredible. It has been completely snubbed in 2021 it has. by it virtually, has no, virtually everybody. Like, nobody talked about it. It's, it's, um, it's Metroid Dread's fault, really. I guess, but That's, like it's such a different game than Metroid Dread. It, it is. Like it's it and it's such a different game than the original Axiom Verge and like I think that's why it's amazing is because it's not just the same thing at all. It's a it's almost a completely different game. Um, yeah, I agree. And and that's incredible and I think really bold uh especially after the reception of the first game. Um, and, and it kind of launched out of nowhere. Like we were aware it was coming out, but it was kind of just like, Hey, this is out. And like, that was a really nice surprise. Um, I loved it. Uh, we talked on the episode that we talked about it. We talked a little bit about the story and how it's like kind of unsatisfying, but I didn't really care that much about that because my, when I look back on that game, it's nothing but holy shit, this is so cool. Holy shit, this is so cool. Wow, I love exploring this. I can't wait yeah. to see what is next. I can't wait to see what ability is next. And like how they combine with each other is like really fucking crazy in that game. Like the, the, the way that you use the teleporter between two different worlds and how like kind of open-ended that is, is nuts. It's totally nuts. And I can't even believe that it works. Like <laughs> testing that game was probably a nightmare. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a sick game. Uh, it really offered the the Metroidvania experience of like what is going on with this world, like the exploration of that world. I think is is awesome. Yeah. And the way that you do that is like a mechanic in the game, which is unique to that game. Yeah specifically and like that's awesome and i think it offered even better like mystery in terms of the world than metroid dread did this year oh yeah for sure like i i liked i liked exploring that world and trying to suss out what was going on in that world more than i liked that specific thing in metroid dread yeah metroid is is like pretty explicit about everything it's not like once you beat it all is revealed Whereas, whereas Axiom Verge, you beat it and you're like, huh? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, what, what happened? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking like more in terms of like the mystery of like what the world is kind of, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I know what you mean. That was, yeah, that wasn't really my main drive in Metroid at all. You're right. Yeah. No, like Metroid is way more of like an action focused, uh, really tightly controlling, yeah. Thing. Whereas in this game, it was like the thing driving me forward was exploring that mystery. Yeah. And and exploration is the thing in Pathfinders in in Metroidvania games. And like for them to for him, I guess, to focus so much on that 
part of the game. Yeah, I think yeah. is what makes what makes it a cool. Yeah, combat thing. takes a huge backseat in two, which is yeah. like yeah. kind of nice. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you haven't played Axiom Verge two, you should f- fucking play Axiom Verge two. Um, all right, number two, and kind of we already talked about it. I think last episode is Inscription. Um, nice. Yeah, Inscription's incredible. It's most intelligent game design of twenty twenty one. Is that your, I, is that what you're saying? I gonna... think so because like yes, Loop Hero does a whole bunch of like really wacky things. Um, that you never would have like thought to combine and stuff, but Inscription takes a pretty straightforward card game and like builds and builds and builds on that card game over the course yeah. of a really fucking weird game. And yeah. like I thought every beat of that game was satisfying. It's only until recently, like you know, we have friends playing it, and then, like, I heard on other podcasts, too, that, like, people thought the middle section of that game wasn't good, and, I like, I don't agree with that. I think it's all really good. Um, it does force you to constantly learn new things, but that's not a bad thing, and I can't, yeah. I can't believe people are leveraging that as a bad thing in a game. It's, like, how lazy are you? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like, you... You want that, like it, as long as it's done right, and like get there's time for all of those things to breathe and for you to understand them. Yeah, it's not too overwhelming. Getting new things is like the dream of video games. Like that, yeah, that's what yeah. that's what you want. Like, and we don't get that because it's not conducive to make a game around things yeah. like that. Like we, like you talked about that with it takes two. Like you just don't do that when you make games because. Um, it's you don't have the budget for it. It doesn't make sense. Like you want to get one, one or a couple things that work really well and make a game out of them. And Inscription really essentially does do that. I think it doesn't change that drastically, but the changes that it does have are sweet. I thought they were awesome, and I thought the story was awesome, and um, and just almost virtually everything about that game is awesome. Like the the steps that. The things that happen as you go through it, like, are surprising all the way until the end. And there were, like, every time it had a major shift, I was like, holy shit, what? Like, yeah. this is, this is, this is still going and this is what's happening. And, like, I can't really leverage much against that game at all, other than I, I think there could have been some tweaks to, like, the length of the game. Like yeah. there are a few times where you do, I felt like, okay, we could have got to this point a little faster and like the card game is, is solid, but it's not that good, you know? So like, we don't need to, we don't really need to play it to death, which, so, you, which you do kind of do, but I'm like five and a half hours into playing it mm-hmm. and I'm struggling to get past the first act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I think it's kind of because of how I play video games. Like I'm naturally, I want to see how everything works before I like decide what, how to be efficient about how everything works. I think you have to do that in that too, to understand, you, you have to understand, you have things. to see how everything works. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like I'm doing that, but like now I'm at a point where I think I generally know most of the things. Mm hmm. 
but and I'm relying on the RNG a little bit yeah. to get that good to get that good like batch of of items and cards and whatever to get me through and I'm I'm just like not getting it. Yeah. And I can I can kind of see how some people would would quit there. Totally. Is, yeah. is what I'm saying. I, but I also think that it's super interesting and like as long as it doesn't take me another 5 hours to get to It shouldn't. that next part then I'm in all the way. Yeah. And like I like the card game enough that I, even if it took 5 hours I'd probably be good too. I just like Yeah. I'm starting to hit that wall where it's like okay, I need some luck here with my Yeah. with my draws and my my like pathway to the bosses and stuff like that. Yeah, there there was definitely a point where I got it into the first act and I was like this feels unwinnable. <laughs> like yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know that I can even do this and and am I missing something? And you're not missing something. It there is a decent amount of just luck that you have to get on a run yeah. to do it. Yeah. Which I I want to say that it just sort of starts it starts giving you a bunch of opportunities and especially because it has the whole card crafting thing. Well, see, the the card crafting thing is cool, but those cards aren't coming up and I might it's because, I'm not getting them in my runs at yeah, all. Yeah, so. it's because like the idea is that you're probably going to play it a bunch and start to build up more of them that are going to start yeah. showing up more often and like I don't know that that's a great like design choice because I didn't really I got a couple of them and I got a couple that were like really really strong. So yeah. like I did eventually like use them, but I would say by the end of a, like act 1 um I might have had two of them in my deck. So Yeah. Um and I got to the, the other- I got to the end of it once and lost but then then that I once I did that I knew exactly like what I needed to do to get there and then I beat it on the next one. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I I feel like I feel like I had a couple runs that didn't go good. Mm-hmm. And so I have, you have a lot shitty of shitty cards I, that I crafted yeah. too. Yep. And those are the ones that keep showing up <laughs> when I get the yeah. ones that show up. So it's like dang, I'm kind of screwing myself. Yeah. And uh I trust that eventually it'll work itself out. I, I just yeah, I'm curious. It to should, see how and I'll works. tell you, I'll give you one tip that will ra- like should radically change your success rate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, inscription's awesome. It is. It is extremely good. Um, and I loved basically every second of it. Um, so we already wait. Did we already say? Your game of the year? Did I? No. Okay. No, I haven't. What's your game of the year? My game of the year for 2021 is Returnal right. on PS5. Uh, interesting game. I feel like when I was playing it, I was really high on it, and then I was, I felt defeated by it. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot, and. I fin- I did end up finishing it. I did not do the 100% like ending of it. But which like, I think I I've, had spoiled for myself. Um I really? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about it after this. I don't I don't know that there's much to spoil. But uh I guess just what you mean by the 100% thing, but yeah. I in the time that I've finished it and 
the end of the year, it's only grown like my my thought about it has only grown and made it more hmm. like I cherish the experience more in my head. Yeah. Uh, my initial like crash landing on the alien planet and then getting out of the ship and then kind of exploring this world is like my favorite game moments of 2021. Yeah. Uh, it just, it really nails that alien. You know, we started the episode talking about alien, the alien franchise and this game. Like it is that, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like there's, you're exploring, exploring this world and you don't know what's going on. You don't know why every time you die, you return back to your ship and wake up again like nothing happened and like all of a sudden there's like a random house that's just in on the planet and they're like what's up with that and it's just constant uh mystery mm-hmm. and and to go along with that it's this visceral combat uh scenario and this constant juggling of do I want to push to explore more to get things to allow me to progress or do I want to go down the main path and finish the story? Yeah. And like the game delineates between what the main path is and what the side paths are. So you can kind of choose to be efficient with your exploration or choose to be, you know, explorative. And I think that's really good. And, you know, the more you press progress through that game, it gives you checkpoints so that you don't really have to start over at the beginning every time. Yeah. And the levels kind of start to get longer and longer and longer. And th- and that's where, like, in that middle part of the game, I think it's very punishing. And I could see, like, a lot of people, like, bouncing off it. Yeah. But I think that at some point in the year, they went back and changed how that worked. And I don't think the game is as punishing as it was when I played it, um, I'm curious. I should probably look up like what the differences are. Mm-hmm. Like I know Josh beat it in like one quarter of the time that it took <laughs> me to beat. Yeah. Like his first run, he was like past the first boss. Yeah. And I had done like 15 runs before I even mm. like got close to that. So I'm curious if they made it easier to try and appeal to like a wider audience. Yeah. But you know, as a as a tech demo for the PS5, the 3D audio engine that it has, the haptic feedback on your controller, like you're you're squeezing the trigger halfway down for your regular fire, and then squeezing it all the way down for your alt fire, and it's this bullet hell, like dodging all over the place, uh, fast paced action that controls like really tight, and you know, you're using your audio cues to uh, to know when enemies are behind you or beside you so that you know when to dodge. And, like, it's just this really interesting alien world coupled with this really tight combat. And, like, that whole experience, even though, like, I feel like following it all the way through the end didn't completely satisfy me with, like what the ending was and what was going on. I enjoyed that feeling that it gave me when I first stepped on to that world enough that it, it it really carried that experience to be like my favorite one of the year. Yeah. 
And it's awesome that like Housemark got the opportunity to make a game like that. And I think it's so specifically designed for a certain kind of person that like the strengths of the game are almost more because they weren't trying to cater to everybody. It's almost like the Dark Souls thing where it's like, you know, this game can't be for everybody, but because of that, it's a really good game. Yeah. And I feel that about Returnal and, you know, uh, frustrations aside and like, I'm curious about what the game would be like if they had just made a linear narrative, like maybe that would be a better game. But, yeah. you know, you don't get that same every, like, at least for the first, like, 10 hours you're playing, every time you go through, it's different. So it's like a new adventure kind of yeah. every time. And you see a new thing or a new room. And, like, once you start to see all those things and you notice them repeating, that's where it starts to be like, okay, now I need to beat my head against this a little bit. Yeah. And that's that's where I think people start to bounce off it. But... I just don't nothing else gave me that feeling of of wonder and and that sweaty palm <laughs> like oh my gosh I need to beat this I mean I need to beat this or I don't want to go back to the beginning like sense of yeah of of anxiety and uh those two things were that's that, that's it that's the that's the game of the year yeah you know what I'm saying yeah I've heard I think at least one other person that it was their game of the year. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll give that game a shot someday. Um, I'm kind of hoping it comes to PC. <laughs> uh, maybe one uh, one house smart game has been on PC before. So do you think? So you're not like you said for Ratchet and Clank. You're wait. You're waiting for a PS5. I have to because that won't, that PS5. that will not come to PC. I guarantee. So if you that's get a one. P. If you get a PS5, would you just play it on PS5 or are you still waiting for it to come out on PC? I mean, I'm not going to spend $70 on that game. So it would have to be pretty... You don't think it'll cost that on PC? No. Um, I don't you don't th- think it'll cost 60 It would maybe be 60 but I would wait. You're willing to spend wait. 60 but not no, 70 I didn't. Okay. No. <laughs> We're getting in the weeds about really Is unimportant Retur- information right now. <laughs> I don't think Returnal's... Is it still seventy bucks? I think it can't be. That Might much not still. be now, but um, number one, I don't know when I'm going to get a PS5. That's so. going to be a game, a PS Plus game by the time you get a PS5. I guarantee you. I mean, assume, but uh, you know, I might not have one and know to redeem it. You know that that whole thing. <laughs> like, I think the PS Plus library is starting to be a cumulative thing that is is similar to Games Pass. Uh, I don't know about that. But they are there, they are going to do something similar. There is a PS5 version of something. I don't know is, what it's something called. is coming down the road where they're trying to kind of be like Game Pass. Yeah, that got yeah. announced probably within the time that we did a last episode. I think we don't. There's like a random PS Plus collection thing. Mm-hmm. That That's from all the is, stuff that was before PS5 came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can get that you don't you didn't have to redeem month to month. Yeah, so so maybe there will be a PS Plus collection too someday. Um. Anyway, my uh my game of the year is probably not a surprise at all. It's Metroid Dread. Uh. We have again an entire episode about 
specifically just Metroid Dread. Um, but I, in a sense, we kind of have an entire episode about every game that we've talked about. No, that's not true. Um, no, I mean, it literally was like all we talked about it. Like, you know, that that was mostly the, it was 95% of the episode, but, um, anyway, yeah, Metroid Dread is, uh, perfect. I don't think there's anything wrong with that game at all. I loved every second of it. Uh, we got some lore, which is really weird to say that, like, I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really cared about that at all, but I thought it was awesome. And it was a blast to play. I 100%ed that game. Some of the challenges were insane to get some of the collectibles. Like, I had to look up a couple of them because I just had no idea what to do. But, like, it's... it. I just don't know what it, it, it is a Metroid game, you know, like it, it really doesn't do a whole lot new cause it, it has most of the same systems that were new in Samus returns, which was awesome. And nobody played it. And, you know, they just like built on that and made it and it, you know, ran a lot better on the switch, looked incredible, felt incredible. Like just moving around was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I just love Metroid and I'm little biased. Like there was no way it wasn't going to be my game of the year. Probably uh, it would have like Dune Eternal it, last year. Yeah. It would have had to be like kind of bad for it to not be, but there hasn't really been a bad Metroid in general in a long time. Um, I even replayed super Metroid cause I like was really in the mood and uh, you know, just kind of like amplified my, appreciation of dread because like super metroid is pretty old and it's like a little hard to go back to especially after dread because dread moves so fast so like you kind of crawl through the old metroids um and they were legitimately challenging like where you save and items and everything so i i think dread is just like such an amazing modern metroid game um and I, I just think it's it's one of the best. It's one of the it's one of the goat pathfinders, for sure. I thought yeah. I thought yeah, totally. I thought um I thought the Emmy stuff. I've heard complaints about the Emmy stuff, and like it just sounds like people whining to me. Um, the idea is that you aren't supposed to interact with them. You're supposed to run by them, and yeah. and I think a lot of people just got stuck on. Well, you do have that chance to parry out of it, but like the game tells you not to do that. Like they, they explicitly say, the parry don't try. is supposed to be a last ditch yeah, effort. It, it's like, like when you get caught and there's no other or, option or for like random enemies in the map that like they don't, they're just like here, well, you can yeah, one shot yeah, these enemies, but I'm specifically talking for the about enemies, the, yeah. the Emmy parry. Cause that was yeah. like on a random time mechanic. Yeah. It, it was never consistent. You had to on guess. Purpose. Yeah. You had to guess. Yeah. Basically and then had to guess. If you, if you do get it, it's exciting. It's like yes, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I I loved that mechanic in the game. Honestly, yeah, I thought that was a strength. Yeah, and I thought I thought running from them in like that chase, I thought that was like really cool. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and then and then when you kill them, you it's get, even more satisfying. Yes, yes. yes yeah, like it, like it wouldn't be satisfying to kill them if you didn't have the pain of like avoiding them before. So yes. like uh, uh, that just. 
that just there makes was a me limited mad, amount of them too, and there's a limited amount of them. Yeah, like it's, like there wasn't too many of them. Yeah, I, mean, I the the best thing about Metroid Dread is like the pacing. I think they were constantly giving you new items, new abilities, new things, new places to explore, and like the Emmys were part of that. Yeah, like once you killed a new Emmy, you got a new thing. You know, you killed an Emmy, you got a new thing, and uh, I don't. I I don't think I don't think Metroid Dread is one of the better like explore the world Pathfinder games. Like I would I would point to Axiom Verge oh, or I liked Explore or it. like Hollow Knight as a better like what's going on here oh, type of like, mystery like that. vibe yeah, thing. That part. Um and, and like Super Metroid two I think is more of that than it is a tightly controlled uh, action game, but I think the tightly controlled action game that Metroid Dread is makes Samus way more cool, and yeah. it makes the game more fun to play than those other games. And that's a thing too. Like, uh, I think those that type of gameplay probably appeals to more people than exploring uh, unknown world does. Honestly, yeah. And I, I liked Metroid Dread quite a bit. It was my number five game. I skipped over it so we wouldn't spoil your game of the year. Um, so it is on my list too. Mm-hmm. And I love the challenge of it. I basically have no complaints either. I love the puzzles of collecting, you know, the puzzle pieces of collecting everything. And, you know, that game's fantastic. And Didn't even mention, like, I, it... It's legitimately challenging too. It's like not yeah. it's not something you breeze through at all, which um I appreciate uh, you know as, especially with having a lot of experience with those types of games and Metroid in general. Like I wouldn't really describe like any of the Metroid primes as very challenging. Um Super Metroid is, but it's an old game, so I don't know that that counts. So like just it's refreshing for um something like that a nintendo game also uh yeah that is just it it like really tested ability to get through it um and i i thought that was great like i got to that final boss and i was like holy shit i'm getting my ass kicked <laughs> and i really? yeah and i had like i had like every i had most of the upgrades by that point and i was just like boy i got and and you have to learn it like like a good Dark Souls boss, you have to learn it. It's not just like go in and shoot as many super missiles as you can. It's like a whole thing. It's like this whole dance you have to go through. Um, I uh, I did good at that game at Metroid. Yeah, I, I thought re- I thought plenty of the bosses were challenging. Like, and, and I mean, when I th- you say, I'm when not I say, trying to. No, I know you're not. Ahead. And what I what I mean by that is, it's not like it took me a hundred tries to beat a thing. It's that I didn't just walk all over it. That's, that's yeah, what I yeah, mean. yeah. No, I I I enjoy the challenge as well. Yeah, I uh, I felt like the game was good at communicating what you needed to do for those oh, that's, bosses. That's interesting. I I actually didn't think that for some uh, of them. Yeah. So like I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time experimenting on how to beat them. Oh. It was like more of a. Yeah, I definitely did. Okay, there's a platform here. 
like like I would I would kind of I don't know I thought it was easy to like figure out I'm gonna focus on this thing and how to dodge it and then the next and when I die I'm gonna fo- okay I'm gonna focus on another thing and how to dodge that and then like eventually you piece all those things together yeah. and then it's just a matter of executing and uh, yeah that, that game was sick yeah Metroid Dread fantastic game yeah uh, probably won't get to play another Metroid in like ten years so. You don't think Prime Force coming out for two for ten years? You don't think Prime be, Force coming it's out? It's gonna be a long way away, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What about the uh, the trilogy remastered? I'd love that, but I have zero hope of it. <laughs> yeah. With Nintendo, I don't know what to expect ever for any reason. This ever, game just randomly you know came out. Like it was yeah. like, hey, hey, this is coming out this year. It's like what? It's coming out <laughs> in a month, and it's gonna be everybody's game of the yeah, year. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> So let me ask you this to recap 2021. Mm-hmm. Do you want to golf clap it? Yeah, I've thought about that a lot because, like, there's plenty of games I liked a lot, but I, I really don't know that I'd look at it as like that great of a year for games. Um, even though Metroid Dread came out in it, <laughs> um, I'm torn on that. Do you think so? Oh, for sure. Hmm. I think it was a strong year for games. Cuz like 100%. cuz I I know like going through my list like if you compare I could this take year's I could take or leave like list. half of my list, you know, like take or leave, what do you mean by that? Like I, you know, I I wasn't excited for Resident Evil Village. I just played it and I liked it. Um Psychonauts I wasn't super excited for. Forgotten City was a total surprise. You know, like just just some of those games like it wasn't like big like marquee things i guess is how i'm so, viewing them so if you compare it's like this i just year's played list, them i just happened to stumble into playing them so of. if you compare this year's list to last year's list which we did golf clap last year's list uh-huh i don't remember what last year's list is for me <laughs> uh, so i'll read you some of the things on there that we both played um carrion warzone carrion was in my list Ori in the Will of the Wisps, mm-hmm. Hades, mm-hmm. Uh, Val Valhalla was on there. Doom Eternal was on there for you. Yeah, I think uh, I felt the Chimera same. Squad. I think I felt the was same on way you. last year. Yeah, I think you did too. You said so. Yeah. So this year yeah. compared to last year, pretty pretty similar. Yeah, kind is of. It just because you didn't? Is it just because we didn't get a Dark Souls game? Is that? <laughs> yeah, it's the o- that's the uh, only reason. But no, we got a Metroid big, game. Big marquee releases. No, we got a Metroid game. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I just don't look like I played a lot of games this year. I played a decent amount of 2021 releases, and like I just I didn't feel like crazy strong about a lot of them. It's more like when I was making the list, it wasn't hard for me to make my list. It was like well. Um, here's 10 games that I think I like the most. And it wasn't like hemming and hawing of like what's going to be on it where like I think a good sign of a good year is when it's like making those cuts is really tough. And I didn't, it wasn't tough <laughs> this year. And it it wasn't really yeah. tough last year either, I think. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's tough for me. So well, that's good. I'll golf clap it. That's good. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, I'll golf clap it for different reasons. All right, 2021. Happy 2021, everybody. Yeah, now it's 2022, and who knows what this year is going to be in terms of video games. Because <laughs> I think COVID is going to continue to 
be weird for releases. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. Maybe I'll so, get a PS5 this year. Is there anything you wish you would have played in 2021 that you didn't? Other than Ratchet and Clank? Um, not really. I don't think so. Because I, I actually, like, I looked back, like, as we got towards, like, November and December, I was, like, checking the releases a lot to, like, oh, what did I miss? What do I need? Do I need to, like, try and touch anything that I think is worth having played in, in the year? And I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a couple lingering things that I'll, like, check out at some point, but I wasn't, again, I wasn't, like, super compelled to immediately jump on them. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for joining us for this adventure, everybody, in 2021 and this episode, which is lengthy. Yeah, this is a long one, uh, but if you made it through, thank you, and uh, we'll continue doing this show. <laughs> Uh, into the future and um, we'll see what 2022 brings hopefully lots of good games Yeah. Uh, January, February is stacked and I got some changes coming so we'll see how that goes yeah, I'm, yeah that's true and yeah I'm very excited for uh, Elden Ring that's really soon so um, yeah but uh, let's end this now uh, thank you for listening right now yep thank you for listening check out our shop link in the description and uh we'll see you next episode keep playing games here's a little song i wrote you might want to sing it note for note don't worry be happy in every life we have some trouble but when you worry you make it double don't worry be happy don't worry be happy now don't worry be happy No place to lay your head Somebody came and took your bed Don't worry Be happy The landlord say your rent is late He may have to litigate Don't worry Be happy Look at me, I'm happy I give you my phone number. When you worry, call me. I make you happy.